You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars Episode Nine, Star Wars spin-off films, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars coming back, and all the other awesome, exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my uh, co-pilots, the uh, Chewie and Lando to my <laughs> Han, if you will, uh, Tim and Paul. How you guys doing? What's up, Kyle? Yeah, I got to say, still on a pretty big high from the Clone Wars episode we talked about last time. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) it's still so exciting to think about that we're getting new Clone Wars episodes. And the only other time I'm not thinking about it, and when Star Wars comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, episode nine just started production, too. I Mm -hmm. mean, yeah, so, yeah, I'm doing really good when it comes to Star Wars right now. (laughs) Yeah, same here. It's been a... It's been a kind of a I don't want to say bittersweet last couple of weeks, but since the announcement of the of the episode nine cast, which we'll get into, it's been a process, if you will. So, which we'll definitely talk about in this episode. But I'm mean, I'm looking forward to having a little quasi counseling session with all you guys. So <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and man, I mean, just before we jump into that, like you said, Tim, I am definitely still riding that Clone Wars high. Um, it's just so cool that we're getting it back. In the past couple of weeks, I finally went and uh, listened to the audiobook of the Ahsoka novel after that. Um, and so it was cool to see the little glimpse of the Siege of Mandalore that we get in that book. Um, I and mean, I've just. Real quick, Kyle, how good of a feeling was it as you're reading that opening words, teasing the Siege of Mandalore? You just think, oh, yes, we're going to be seeing mm-hmm, this now. Because mm-hmm. when I read it, it was like, uh if only we've gotten this, but now it's it's coming. It's just such a great feeling. Yeah, and I mean, I always knew, or at least kind of had a gut feeling. I was like, we got to get this at some point, right? Like, I knew Dave Filoni was saving that for something special, because otherwise we probably would have gotten it in a novel already. Yeah. Like, that's probably the, the top thing on their list as far as unfinished Clone Wars stories to get out in some form. Um but yeah, it was still really cool reading that. And uh, it was actually, I, I like the book. If any, I mean, I know it's been out for a couple of years now, but if anybody hasn't read that yet, um, it's definitely a good bridge between Clone Wars and Rebels and kind of continuing Ahsoka's story after we see it leave off in Clone Wars. But obviously, uh, you know, in the not too distant future, hopefully, um, you know, the 
sort of the last episodes we see of her in Clone Wars will no longer be the last ones because we'll have new ones and we'll actually get to see that Siege of Mandalore. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I've been rewatching episodes. I've been watching people's reaction videos to the trailers online and stuff. I've been watching uh, James Arnold Taylor's got a series of videos on his YouTube channel. And I don't remember if I talked about this on our last episode or not, but um, these Clone Wars conversation uh, videos that he does where he, you know, just kind of does almost like a sit down talk show kind of thing. Um, with other uh, cast members from the Clone Wars, and it's really cool to just hear them talk about it and uh, kind of their insight into their characters and what it was like behind the scenes working on the show and all that. So, um, yeah, that's been really cool. And again, I, I definitely recommend uh, you guys check those videos out too if you're uh, you know looking for more Clone Wars content and just want to hear people talk Clone Wars and stuff. Because I mean, the only it's kind of the only one downside to this is like. I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of like additional details or anything like that um, released since that panel. I mean, it seems like in in past years, like when Dave Filoni would do a panel at Celebration or Comic-Con or something, then uh, in the aftermath, like there'd be an interview on IGN or something like that. And he'd talk more about what we can expect to see in the yeah. upcoming season and stuff like that. But I mean, because this is only 12 episodes and because it, you know, is still possibly around a year away from us getting to see it whenever that Disney streaming service comes out. Um, you know, they haven't really said a whole lot else, uh, after the fact he was on, they, they had Dave Filoni on the, uh, the most recent episode of the star Wars show. And he talked about it for a few minutes, just kind of what it was like, um, working on this in secret and trying to make sure that they, uh, were able to keep this under wraps, which by the way, I think is a huge, uh, yeah. you know, it was kind of a surprise in itself that it was a surprise. Yeah. Like the, the fact that we were surprised by the announcement was also a surprise. Um, just because there's so many leaks and rumors and stuff nowadays. And I think a lot of people were hoping for this and speculating about it, but no one was like, Oh, I got an inside source that says they're bringing back 12 episodes of clone wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause even, I mean, we talked about it. We were hoping for siege of Mandalore, but we're getting more episodes than I think any of us ever thought we would get to see again. So that's been well, super cool. And really fast, you know, since we're on the topic of, of clone wars and the streaming service, this streaming service is just going to be unreal because the rumors now that are that, that Disney are trying to acquire the rights back from Turner for the um, original six films to stream basically mm. on their streaming service. So What's really incredible to think about this streaming service is that you can now it'll be its one stop shop for anything Star Wars related, basically. I mean, based you're you're thinking yeah. it's gonna have all the films on there. It's gonna have I'm assuming all the films, right? It's gonna have <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna have the Clone Wars, obviously. It's gonna have the Rebels, I'm assuming, with resistance as well. Uh, and also, not to mention this little John Favreau series that's eventually coming out. Mm -hmm. So, what's really, I mean, to me, like the, this whole thing, Clone Wars thing, is just, is just like one. I just think I think about the streaming service, and I'm just like, man, this is going to be a deal breaker when when Disney rebrands Hulu, which that's what everyone's saying is going to happen. They're going to take Hulu, rebrand hmm. it, and make because now they they because now buying Fox, they own the controlling rights of Hulu. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, so that was, you know, amongst other things, they wanted to have content to have with their streaming service to combine the, you know, fight with Netflix. So not including the Marvel stuff, just the Star Wars stuff alone, you know, you wonder how much money is this thing going to be? And, you know, and what, and really, is the future of Star Wars 
uh, let's say video or not silver screen, if you will, not theatrical, but silver screen is the future going to be all on the Disney app from now on. I mean, that that to me is what's really fascinating about all this. And besides over the high of Clone Wars and getting more Clone Wars, I'm like, yes. But it really what's what to me, it tells me is that this is the this is where TV is going and this is where it's headed. But it's also like in the last couple weeks of since our last show, I've just been thinking like this is going to be a game changer for Star Wars. And I really do think that could we see more Clone Wars? Absolutely. It really I mean, how they how they justify everything. They have to, you know, they have to see what the numbers are, what comes in, how many people are watching it, et cetera, et cetera. But to be honest, I just think that this is going to change Star Wars uh, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell. I, we can maybe talk about it on a different day, but I just kind of been thinking a lot about it lately and being like, man, this is going to be once the Favreau series hits, it's going to be it's going to be a game changer. Like we already got the Clone Wars, but once that TV series hits, I think it's going to blow everyone's minds. And including mine and your guys's, and we're going to be like, man, do we even need Star Wars on film on on big screens? Sure, but this could be the future. Well, I think you were right when you said that this is where the future of TV is going. Um, and uh, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that they're still having resistance on like Disney Channel. Um, although, I mean, it's premiering this fall, and the the streaming service isn't going to be out yet. Um, but I think going forward, all their animated series. Um, and definitely, you know, any live action series are going to be exclusive to the streaming service. I could even maybe see them doing a film like exclusive to it at some point, like maybe, you know, one of the standalone films or maybe even like an animated feature film instead of a, a longer series. Um, but I also don't think we'll ever get to a point where Star Wars is not on the big screen. Um, at least as far as movies. I mean, we'll kind of have to no, see I agree. We'll, we'll kind of have to see what they do with like with Ryan Johnson's trilogy and the Game of Thrones guys because um I mean as we'll get to a minute or get to in a minute talking about the episode 9 announcement, I mean it seems like they're, you know, they're winding down on the the main episode movies, but still I would think that for as long as Disney is riding this wave of Star Wars stuff and making Star Wars content, like as long as they're making movies, I would think they're still going to be want to, wanting to put those on the big screen. No, and I, um, I want to make it really quick, Tim, before you jump sure. in. I just want to defend my my point a little bit. I'm not saying it would, it's going to be the end of it. What I'm saying is it might slow it down a little bit, meaning because we're getting so much content on the streaming service, and I should probably clarify. It's more of my fault. I apologize. But to clarify, I think it might, like you said, it might make things a little different in how they view things. Like, you know, could we put this out on a cheaper budget? Like the Obi-Wan movie. We, there's been a lot of talk about that. Like, you could make an you could make it straight to Disney, you know, streaming service Obi Wan movie and have it look pretty good as long as the story is good. You don't have to spend a crap load of money on an Obi Wan movie. It's on Tatooine for God's sakes, you know. It's like oh yeah, no for sure. Like, and like I said, I could see them doing like Star Wars story films, you know, the spinoff yeah, anthology exactly. stuff, and maybe doing some of, if not all of those, in the future direct to Netflix, especially after. Uh, you know, the way that Solo performed and the reports that they're kind of retooling those uh, those spinoff movies and, you know, kind of reevaluating what they want to do with those. I could see them maybe doing that on their streaming service um, and having an Obi-Wan movie be a huge draw to get people to sign up for that. Um, but I think definitely with the, the Ryan Johnson trilogy and the stuff that the Game of Thrones guys are doing, I think yeah. that stuff is definitely still going to be theatrical. Oh, for sure. Um, I agree. I agree with that. 
Well, kind of what I was going to say, I agree with you about how I think we're eventually going to see a Star Wars movie premiere on the streaming service. Who, who knows when, but I think it is going to happen at some point. And kind of going back to what we're talking about on not our last episode with the Clone Wars, but the one before that, how we're discussing about the possibility of Ryan Johnson's trilogy and how, you know, Lucasfilm's probably assuming, especially before The Last Jedi came out, how, you know, it would be a slam dunk with Ryan Johnson doing a trilogy and everything being good with it. And we were kind of discussing what if the first one uh, doesn't hit with the, with fans and other audiences again, like how Last Jedi split the fans. If that's another scenario that happens with the first movie in Ryan Johnson's trilogy, I mean, they could, if they wanted to, finish that off, but maybe give it a smaller budget and have it be just on the streaming service. I was just thinking of the announcement either this week or last week, how that uh, Andy Serkis' Mowgli movie um, was supposed to come out theatrically, but now oh, it's yeah. going straight to Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the exact reasoning for it, but it's like Disney now has another option to do that, to have these mm-hmm. movies be placed somewhere if they don't feel a theatrical release is the right fit for it. So I just think anything's possible now, now that the streaming server just gives them an avenue of many different ways they can go about releasing this stuff if something doesn't prove successful and they have plans for things to continue it. So it's just, like I said, another option and different ways that they can go about doing the stuff they want to release. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all shapes up in the future. And I'm sure there's going to be some, uh, you know, some surprising ways that they choose to use that. Um, but anyway, let's bring it back to what we're talking about today, which is, uh, not a spinoff film or something exclusive to, uh, the streaming service, but the next, chapter of star wars that we will be seeing on the big screen and that's star wars episode nine which uh just a couple days ago officially went into production uh we got the full cast announcement um so this thing is now underway um and let's see what was this uh august 1st uh was when um you know the the start of principal photography so um i mean not a whole lot to go into as far as the actual announcement um, except that this image that apparently everybody's dissecting on Twitter, J.J. Abrams tweeted out a picture from behind the camera, um, and it looks like it's in, it's in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. You can see Finn there, and then everybody's trying to see, like, oh, who's this other person, and is that Chewie in the background, and all that kind of stuff. Um, of course, it's you know going to be no big surprise to anybody if we see Ray and Finn and Chewie all together on the Millennium Falcon again, but um, cool to get you know a little behind-the-scenes uh, teasing glimpse here. Um, and just know that uh, the next chapter of Star Wars is well underway. Yeah, I, I just love it when we get stuff like this. I mean, what I just realized, too, and I wasn't aware that J.J. Abrams just got on Twitter to do this. I mean, this is right now his first and only tweet. I, for some reason, I thought he always was on Twitter, but just never used it. Well, yeah, really I thought much. so, too. Well, no. he was. He well, he had created this account and locked it a while ago. Mm, okay. So, so I think so. I I think he kind of learned his lesson a little bit. That kind of a lot of fans didn't appreciate how secretive he was being last time. And so I think and even even though he teased a little, I mean, granted, episode seven is a lot different than episode nine because we've seen these characters for two films now, et cetera, et cetera. But I think he also is trying to be a little more open with the fans. Cause you know, again, that kind of rubbed a lot of people wrong a lot, including myself. I felt it was being a little too much. And, um, that being said, I think that he created this Twitter account. I am assuming just to kind of maybe do these kinds of things with star Wars and, and who knows, maybe he'll keep doing it afterwards. But I feel like episode nine was the reason like, Oh, I, I better, you know, 
I better go back and like try to be a little more open with the fans, give them a few more like tidbits than I did last time. Instead of being like cute with like the robot hand and mm-hmm. yeah. you know the episode seven the like stuff, yeah, yeah all, all that stuff like instead yeah. Of being, but he I, was he was tweeting all that stuff out though last time, wasn't he? Or was that just coming no, from the robot. official Star Wars account? That was bad robot. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. So this is actually his own Twitter account he right. created. So I think so what I think you're going to see is more like again pictures that he's taken with his phone or mm-hmm. or whatever and that he approves like okay let's put on there and and whatever. So cuz yeah, taking a bit more of the Ron Howard approach. Yeah, I and I think and I think that's honestly the best and this is the kind of the, the idea that I got. That's the first day of filming and we got something. And I think that that's a good sign for us to know like we got a little we got a little hint of Finn. It's not super clear. But which we'll talk about in a second, but <laughs> just the fact that, you know, we got it was really cool. And I, I, yeah, respect, totally. I, I respect the fact that this is a kind of him kind of telling us the hardcore Star Wars fans us, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit more open this time. And, and because this is going to be a little more of a fun ride and you guys kind of know it's already kind of going. You kind of have an idea what's kind of coming. What's, I want to give you some some, some little uh, insight. So mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Oh, yeah, and you know what? Definitely. I just realized you totally can see Chewie in this picture. I was looking at him, looking oh. for him in the wrong spot, but Chewie's in there. Yeah, can I, I guess that's the big question is how long did it take us to spot everything in there? Because <laughs> it took me a while to get Chewie there, too. Finn stood uh, out, but... Well, okay, so I, I it's a little story about what happened to me. And, Tim, you were right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept being like, everyone's like, oh, Finn's jacket. And I, I was like, I don't see anything. What is going on with people? Because <laughs> like, I, I, I was staring at the monitor screen. Oh, and I, could see Huey, and I could see like these vague blurry things. And I'm like, everyone's like, oh, fish jacket. And I could see a braid on Ray. And I'm like, what? I don't see anything. Like I see Chewie barely, but that's it. And I remember telling, like, I texted Tim. I'm like, Tim, I don't see everyone has better eyes than me. I can't see anything. You're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I could see Finn just fine. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I realized the way it was crooked, someone that had made it like upright, like the picture. And I went, oh, it's, <laughs> I, it's, I see it now. I'm just being, I was looking at the wrong like area. But I finally saw the picture of, of uh, Finn's jacket, which I felt very stupid, which I got to say, I'm pretty down with just a little blurry image. I'm pretty into his new outfit. Yeah. I mean, well, and as I was looking at this, I mean, at, at first glance, I thought, oh, it, it looks like a vest, like he's wearing a vest now and not a jacket. Um, and then I was looking at the sleeve and thinking like, well, maybe because of the lighting and the shapes of it, like, could that still be the same jacket? And it just looks different because of the lighting and it's a blurry picture or whatever. And then that's, that's when I realized that, cause I, I had thought that, I mean, you kind of see like a, a brown thing over on the side and I thought Chewie was like standing behind them and like, maybe that's Chewie, maybe it's not Chewie. And as I'm like staring at Finn's sleeve intently, I realized like, oh wait, no, that's Chewie's face right next to his sleeve. Like he's just sitting there in the cockpit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, you, he really st- stands out now, Chewie, as the one you can make out the most easily. Mm-hmm. But now that I know he's there, but what at first is like, I just mainly Finn, and then like he said, something right by him that's brown. I'm like, oh yeah, that is Chewie. But yeah, Finn's outfit, I mean, it's hearkening back to me. Like he's channeling his inner solo there. Like mm-hmm. even the one he wore on Corelli at the beginning of Solo has like yeah. that color tone to it. Yeah. So maybe he found it tucked away somewhere in the Falcon. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> but, would be cool. And then, yeah, the big question, though, is who's actually sitting in the pilot's chair? Because I assumed it's Ray. And like you said, Paul, I did see some people say, oh, look, she has a Padawan braid. I'm not quite sure on that. 
because I don't think a Padawan ever really had it that long in like the concept art. And when George Lucas was testing out the style he wanted, they did make one that long for Ewan to have. But then it became like the little rat tail that we all know and love now. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we've but never the, really seen a, like a female Padawan who already had long hair to begin with. That is true. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be really cool if that's like kind of a nod and uh, reference they make for the prequels to have Ray sporting the Padawan braid, if that's something she learned from the books that she took with her. I think that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. But then I've also heard people say, oh, that's just JJ sitting in the you know, pilot seat like, at the <laughs> end of a take or something like that. So it, if you want, it can either go, it can go either way, I think. But yeah, I'd like yeah. to think it is Daisy Ridley sitting there as Ray with a mm-hmm. Jedi Padawan braid. <laughs> Don't well, prove it otherwise. That's what I think would be the coolest way to look at it. And the other thing too, I mean, really all you see is a dark line. Like that could be a braid, but it could also be like a fold on the clothing that again is just mm-hmm. kind of shadowy because of the lighting or whatever. So um, I, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say that probably is Ray sitting in the pilot's chair um, as to whether or not that's actually a braid. I wouldn't necessarily put money on that, but it certainly could be. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know, did this something cool about seeing, you know, Finn, Ray and Chewie all back in the, cockpit of the falcon and we didn't get that in the last jedi was finn being off on his own thing kind of you know harkening back to that return of the jedi vibe once uh luke han and leia were all in the shuttle with Chewie, about to go to endor like the gang's all back together again mm-hmm. at least the ones who spent the most time together in the force awakens because i know you could throw poe in that mix but he wasn't really <laughs> with the two of them uh, at all until the end of the last jedi so it's kind of like the main three characters who spent the most time on the Falcon so far in the sequel trilogy. It's, you know, good to see it back there. And I just love how too each movie, once they had made the announcement that it's begun production, it kind of had its own little way of announcing that. I mean, with the force awakens, I mean, it's become iconic now with that cast photo and the read through. That was such a big deal. When we got that, it was officially announced. And then for the last Jedi, we actually got a video of them shooting the scenes on Octo with Ray and Luke. Then we just got some behind-the-scenes stuff with Ryan Johnson after the take. So that was a cool little tease. And I was hoping we'd get something like that. But with J.J. back again, like you were alluding to, Paul Howell, The Force Awakens, he didn't really do much as far as giving fans little teases. So I kind of thought that maybe once we got the official announcement of the cast, that would be it. And then we just kind of have to wait a little bit (laughs) until we get some more uh, looks from the filming of Episode Nine. But it was just really cool that J.J. did this on the first day of shooting. And I really like what he said in his tweet, too, just saying, bittersweet starting this next chapter without Carrie, but thanks to an extraordinary cast and crew, we're ready to go. Grateful for Ryan Johnson, and special thanks to George Lucas for creating this incredible world and beginning a story which we are lucky to be a part. He says next chapter, too, by the way. (laughs) I know that's a big deal, which we'll get to. (laughs) But I just think it's cool, like, giving thanks to George Lucas and Ryan Johnson and continuing off from episode eight, and then, of course, acknowledging Carrie Fisher, how it is, you know, going to be a bittersweet thing throughout the whole filming process of episode nine, not having her there. So just a a great heartfelt tweet, I think, that, you know, got the process off of filming, letting the fans know off on the right start. So I just think it was cool all the way around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And even Mark Hamill uh, tweeted out a nice tribute as well. um, And he said, it's bittersweet facing my final chapter without her. She's simply irreplaceable. I'm finding solace in the fact that she won't be replaced and would love the worldwide outpouring of affection from those who loved her when they heard the news. Um, And he tweeted that along with a picture of uh, the scene from The Last Jedi with him kissing Leia on the forehead 
um, and then a, a picture of him and Carrie together when they were younger, and then a screenshot from the credits of The Last Jedi where it says, in loving memory of our princess Carrie Fisher. Um, so yeah, obviously, I mean, that's something that is, um, you know, kind of lingering over this movie, like her presence definitely still being felt, and everybody's still kind of um, coming to, to grips with that loss, and this being uh, the first... Well, I guess not the first chapter in the the saga films because she wasn't in the prequels, obviously. But um, you know, the first one that she could have been in um, that they're having to do without her. So, um, but you know, it was nice to see them uh, paying tribute to her in that way and everything. Um, but you know, let's go ahead and just get into the casting announcement because um, <clears throat> this was also kind of like the the official like start of production announcement too. I mean, uh, Lucasfilm released this on July 27th um, and started it off with Star Wars Episode Nine will begin filming at London's Pinewood Studios on August 1st, 2018. So, um, <clears throat> you know, they, it's not like it was like, oh, surprise, this is the first day of filming. Like we knew this was coming um, mm. and this was just kind of the, the big announcement for it. Um, it says J.J. Abrams returns to direct the final installment of the of the Skywalker saga. Abrams co-wrote the screenplay with Chris Terrio. Um, so do you want to go ahead and just read the whole announcement now, or, or Paul, do you want to stop and have your counseling session first? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and read the whole thing, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll just read the whole thing, and we'll come back and kind of break it down piece by piece. Um, it says, returning cast members include Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Donald Gleason, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, Junis Suotamo, and Billy Lord. Joining the cast of Episode Nine are Naomi Aki, Richard E. Grant, and Carrie Russell, who will be joined by veteran Star Wars actors Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, and Billy D. Williams, who will repri reprise his role as Lando Calrissian. The role of Leia Organa will once again be played by Carrie Fisher, using previously unreleased footage shot for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, we desperately loved Carrie, says Abrams, and finding a truly satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga without her eluded us. We were never going to recast or use a CG character. With the support and blessing from her daughter, Billy, we have found a way to honor Carrie's legacy and role as Leia in Episode 9 by using unseen footage we shot together in Episode 7. Composer John Williams, who has scored every chapter in the, in the Star Wars saga since 1977's A New Hope, will return to a galaxy far, far away with Episode 9. Um, and then, uh, you know, produced by Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, Michelle Ridgewan, um, and then it's just, you know, listing all the uh, executive producers and the whole crew and everything down at the bottom. Um, so that was the, the announcement for the cast and the start of filming that we got. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, obviously kind of the first big thing of note in here is, uh, you know, we had heard rumors about sort of their plans for the future of the franchise and um, do they want to stick with the Skywalker saga or do they want to branch off and do other stuff? But this is our first uh, official confirmation um, that, that this says J.J. Uh, Abrams returns to direct the final installment of the Skywalker saga. Um, so I know, Paul, you've been wanting to talk about that. So uh, I don't know. How are you feeling about that? I am very mixed. And it's because I I've talked to a lot of people. And, and honestly thought way too much about this, to be quite honest. And I've come up to a couple different conclusions. Uh, um, one of them is it's not really the end because they're going to keep it going forever. Just because, it, again, it's like nothing's fina nothing is final because they're always, you know, the Skywalker's name to me is too marketable to promote into things. And I think that that's something that Disney knows and understands. 
And I think that like everyone thought that episode six was done, right? But we know it wasn't or or whatever. Or not episode six, I'm sorry. Um, episode three. We didn't think we we're gonna get episode seven. We ended up getting episode seven. And so to me, there's they're probably gonna leave the door open. And I remember I was watching just Jedi Council today on which I I, I listened to while I played Battlefront and they they kind of someone asked them a, that question and said, well, could Ray be a Skywalker? Take Skywalker last name. And they go, and I heard Harloff say, oh, it's a cop out. And I was like, mm, not really. And and, and again, I, I go back to Solo. He was given the last name, like you know, it's something that he took on himself, and that wasn't something he was wanted to take, but he made it his own. And I think that's something that you know you could definitely play on the legacy and 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 whatnot into this film. In, in, in such a way, if you wanted to do that again, I think it, they're going to leave the door open somehow in some way. Maybe they won't, but maybe they, she won't take the last name in the, in the end of episode nine. But it doesn't mean she won't at some point in the future. You know, like maybe they'll leave it open. I don't know. I feel like that's one way I've looked at it. Like, OK, it's probably not the end, but maybe it is. I don't know. But the one the, the, the thing that I think that definitely makes me feel better about it over that even is the fact that we I've all it's hard for us and I know Tim could speak from some experience as well it's hard for us to think of Star Wars without the Skywalkers and that's to be expected and I want people to understand like some people have a no problem with it and it's for me I have a huge problem with it because again when Lucas was in charge even though he's not in charge now I understand that but when he was in charge it was about the Skywalker family and since he sold to Disney, and since the, you know what, we, what we've gotten since the sale of Disney is now two films outside of the Skywalker saga. But what's interesting is that that's all we know and assume what Star Wars is, right? So one of the things that I've realized is that at this moment, that feels weird to say the Skywalkers are done. Because we, I know Star Wars isn't done by a long shot. We're going to get like 50 billion movies afterwards. <laughs> but... The thing is, it's hard to hear what you what started everything off is is, is ending, and it's it just feels it feels wrong to me. And I'm not saying it is wrong, but it feels wrong. And one of the things that I keep coming back to that helps me make me feel better, and maybe it's not an immediate thing that will help me feel better, but what it is is in ten years, this Skywalker saga will just be not a blip. But it'll just be a part of the Star Wars like saga. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be its mm. own thing. But we're gonna get with all these other standalone films, these TV series, these cartoons, these again the the, the double D's uh, Game of Thrones guys, their uh, their te- you know their films, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, the, the John Favreau series. When you look, when I I have my canon shelf, when I put the canon shelf in there and I look at everything, it's just going to be a small, not small, but it'll be a piece, only a piece of the Star Wars saga. It won't be the Star Wars saga. And that's where I'm really having to change my mind frame is that, okay, this is not the Skywalker saga anymore. It's It's gotten bigger. I mean, we all knew it was bigger than Skywalker saga. But the thing is, now it's come, it's come it, the chickens come home to roost, if you will. Because the thing is, now... It's it's more than that, and we have I have to grasp my head around the fact that it's Star Wars is going to look vastly different in ten years from now than it does at this moment. W- w- even with Episode Nine, it's going to be a lot different. So 
it's not going to just be the Skywalker saga. It's because Skywalker saga is, is going to be one major storyline within Star Wars outside of all these other things we're going to get with Star Wars. Does that make any sense? No, yeah. yeah. I think it totally does, and I can see where you're coming from, but the way I look at it, kind of we're just talking about right now, about the Skywalker saga just kind of being, a, you know, just a portion of the bigger grand scheme of things in the galaxy, which it might become that, but there's two things I'll say in regards to that that hopefully will make you feel better. <laughs> First off was that, sure, there's only going to be nine movies, but right now, anyway, when you count the other stuff and you're referencing your canon shelf, which always looks awesome when you update us with <laughs> pictures Thank you very on much. Twitter. Thank you very much. I mean, a lot of those books in Clone Wars, in the comics that we're getting, the Skywalkers are still a big part of that. I mean, pretty much most of those stories, they're involved with it in some True. way. And so I think for a while now, and even going forward, there's, I mean, it's hard to move fully away from these characters. They're going to be showing up in other stories that are going to be told. So... I think even moving forward, even though it might grow bigger and bigger with new characters, there will be some Skywalker influence throughout. But the thing that I take away, even though if it, if it does kind of get smaller, just with the nine movies and the stuff I was talking about before, even if it does grow beyond that, the stuff that happens in these nine movies and, and Clone Wars, that's probably like the biggest events in the galaxy. So even though it may be a small portion later on of the grand scheme of things, it's probably going to be the most important history of the galaxy that involves the Skywalkers. Like they're involved in the most important events in, you know, the history of star Wars. And that's to me, it's kind of those things like substance outweighs quantity where, you know, they're involved with the biggest events that happen. And then that's more important to me to have, you know, something that's more significant than just having more of the same old thing. If it's, you know, we get a bunch of stuff, you know, lit with new characters and, introductions to new stories and it's not as significant as what we saw in the main skywalker saga i mean that's fine i think that's how it should be the skywalker's saga should be the most important history and event in the star wars saga and i think that's going to be the case even if it does kind of grow beyond them and introduces a bunch of new characters i still think it'll be the central focal like focal point of the biggest events that happen in history of the stories they're trying to tell in this galaxy mm -hmm. yeah and I mean, for one thing, and I think you already mentioned this, Paul, um, the fact that even though right now they're saying that this is the final installment of the Skywalker saga, like things can always change, you know, 10, 20 years down the line, somebody might decide to pick this thing up again because, you know, we thought episode three was the final installment of the Skywalker saga, but it's not. Um, but also, I mean, the way I see this, the way that they're branching out with, uh, you know, the spinoff films and with the new trilogies and uh, the, the live action series and all this kind of stuff, it's like the stuff from the Legends canon, except we get to watch it on, on the big screen and on the streaming service and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I agree with what Tim said, like you can add all these other stories and I'm excited for it because the Star Wars universe is so vast and so huge. There's so many different stories and so many different characters you can show. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I don't think anybody's really going to lose sight of the Skywalker saga. It's not going to get cast aside and forgotten because everybody's going to know that this is, that that's where it all started. Um, you know, and for people who, 
aren't big Star Wars fans and maybe aren't going to follow all that stuff, they'll still appreciate that, like, the original Star Wars was such a landmark in sci-fi and in blockbuster movies and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Darth Vader will still always be one of, if not the most iconic villain in, in cinema history. And so the fact that they're branching out from the Skywalker saga, I don't think diminishes that story one bit. Um but at the same time, I think it'll be really cool for that there'll be, you know, new stuff for people to latch on to. Um, because if you think about the Legends canon, I mean, as much as everybody loves, uh, you know, Luke and Han and Leia, I mean, some people's favorite Star Wars character is uh, Mara Jade or Ahsoka or like Darth Bane or Darth Revan or, you know, all that other stuff. And so it's just expanding. It's just going to be an expansion of that. Um, and we'll get so many cool new stories and so many cool new characters Um to gravitate to. And I think it's going to be really cool to see what they do with that and sort of what resonates with people and what works and what doesn't work. Um, and I think it'll, I think they'll have a little bit more room to take risks without sort of messing with care, uh, with characters and with a storyline that people are already so invested in, as we kind of mm -hmm. saw with the last Jedi. And yeah. I think some of the things that they did in the last Jedi maybe would have gone over a lot better if it was like a character, like a, a Jedi character that wasn't Luke Skywalker. And we got to see this old Jedi master who had, you know, essentially given up, sort of come out of retirement and make one last heroic sacrifice. Um, I think maybe that would have been a lot more interesting storyline if people didn't already have such high expectations and want yeah. to see something else from Luke Skywalker. So I think they're opening themselves up to kind of setting themselves up for success in that regard. Because if you, for one thing, I mean, if you keep the Skywalker line going, I mean, this is kind of why I never really got into um, some of the legend stuff with like the stuff post episode six. Like I, I've always loved the EU with like Clone Wars and the Old Republic. Like that was my jam. Those are my two favorite time periods of uh, Star Wars lore, even now with like the, the stuff that is canon. But, uh, you know, as far as the legends canon, too. Um but with everything after episode six, I just thought it went on too long and got too convoluted. And I kind of didn't like the idea at the time that like Anakin was supposed to be the chosen one who brought balance to the force. And he, you know, makes that sacrifice. And like, if you just watch episodes one through six, you would assume that things were good after that. Right. Like, and I mean, obviously the movies are doing this now too. Like you have to introduce new conflicts and new villains, but the way that they just kept A much going bigger on. Gap, with, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, but the fact that right after that, it's like, oh, well, there's still Thrawn and there's the Imperial yeah. Remnant and now there's the Yuuzhan Vong and oh, now Darth Cadus is turned to the dark side and now there's more Sith Lords. And then I don't even know where like Darth Crate and Darth Talon and all these guys come in. And, you know, it's to the point where you got like the legacy comic series that's like 100 years after or something. And, you know, with like Luke Skywalker's grandson or great grandson or something when, you know, the whole tribes of Sith that are like right back in there. And I was like, man, what are we doing? Um, and I would like to see the movies avoid repeating that. Um, and I know, think and, the, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think if you drag the Skywalker saga out indefinitely at some point, it's going to maybe feel like, okay, this has gone on too long and we should just wrap it up. And I like that, you know, maybe you cut it off before that point. Um, now that's not to say that also, um, that they could like if and I know Paul, you were talking about Ray maybe taking on the name of Skywalker or something, but they also very well could do movies in the future where you know involving Ray and Finn and Poe as older characters. Um, obviously, this is going to be the last movie with 
Leia, presumably, I mean, the last movie with Luke. Um, who knows how they'll wrap up Kylo Ren's storyline, but That's I mean, big question. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be the sort of the last living Skywalker at this point. And if he dies in this movie, well, you can continue the storyline of Ray, Finn, and Poe, and it won't be the Skywalker saga anymore. But that, um, that, that's kind of my problem, though, is that that's not so I guess. How about this? So I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it, it kind of brings up a bigger question I have for both of you. So if they were to continue. T- so let's just say the Skywalker saga is just the first nine episodes. And then there's like a new, like, quote unquote, saga that starts with episode 10, 11 and 12. Would you want them to keep doing that with a type with the with the episode numbers with and just continue the main conflict that keeps going on in the galaxy? And that is it's like the main conflict saga, like whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the it was, you know, I don't know if I want that. If this is the end of the Skywalker saga, I kind of want to end like everything then end Ray and Poe and, and Finn's characters. And let's, let's not worry about them. Let's just, let's just start a whole new thing. Let's not. I mean, that's not going to happen. But. I don't know yet. I, I, I kind of I, I will say this. I kind of like the idea if they said the Skywalker saga was the first nine episodes. So now the next line, of, you know, is maybe Ray and her, you know, the rebirth of the Jedi saga. So maybe that's the next trilogy and the trilogy after that is, you know, in whatever we keep going. That's what I think would be kind of interesting. But like and then we keep the episode numbers going. That'd be kind of interesting. But again, I want this. I I think you got a great point when you say that there's you don't want to get over the top ridiculous that the books did, and that's the thing. They went way too much with the lineage, and that's where I'm like, how do you balance that? And I, I feel like only having one, like again, maybe someone like Ray taking the last name Skywalker and going on in the next trilogy. Another again, I want another ten years. I don't want it to come out in yeah. two three years. I want a good mm-hmm. a good chunk of time, but. Let's say, you know, let's start that. Let's keep that going somehow. But at the same time, that's, I just, I'm, I'm conflicted. So I guess I'm asking you guys if they were going to do another trilogy, let's say in five years with them, let's five, six years, mm-hmm. they give it a little bit of a break. Would you want them? Or how about this? I'll give you a couple different options. Would you want to do a trilogy and have it continue 10, 11, 12? Or would you want, let's say they, someone said, Hey, I got a great idea for a, Ray standalone. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. And they did a Ray standalone after episode nine. See, I feel that would be weird to do a Ray standalone. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it, but it just would be weird because we'd have someone from the main trilogy all of a sudden get their own movie instead mm-hmm. of a trilogy. You know what I mean? It'd just be, it'd like be Han Solo? Well, yeah. Like Han Solo. I mean, it's, but I mean, well, I mean, was time, that weird? I mean, I mean, was, I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. He but, wasn't like the central protagonist. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, first of all, I would not mind them doing an episode 10, 11, 12 with these same characters. I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think Ray's going to take the name Skywalker. I think they're intentionally kind of setting her off on her own path. And especially sort of, you know, I mean, now that I think about it with the way this is worded, like, Episode 9 can be the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, and then you can still tell more stories about Rey and Finn and Poe. And I actually kind of would like to see that, because I would love to see them end the First Order in this movie, and then if you tell more stories about these characters later down the line, again, do another trilogy in 10, 15 years with Rey as a full-fledged Jedi Knight, or maybe something other than a Jedi, you know, I don't know, maybe making her own path. Um... 
but and then do something new with it like have have her training a new generation of jedi to fight some new alien threat or something rather than just stormtroopers and red lightsaber wielding force users again mm-hmm. um i mean now at the same time sort of the the whole concept of a sith lord or you know a darth vader type villain is kind of iconic to star wars um and you know it, they could do something along those lines but especially i mean the first order like let's whatever they do in the next like if they were to do another trilogy if they were to do episode 10 11 and 12 um let's please not just have x-wings and tie fighters and stormtroopers and more sort of nostalgia harkening back to the original trilogy because at that point you're going to be so far in the future it's like okay carve your own path now and especially because this is <laughs> yeah. no longer the skywalker saga do something new with these characters and and kind of carve out a new chunk of the universe and make it your own but at the same time i feel like that's what they're probably going to be doing with the ryan johnson series with the uh the trilogy for or the series from the game of thrones guys um i mean we still have no idea like what time periods those are going to be set in um but you know i think in both cases they said that they're going to revolve around you know new time periods and new characters that we haven't really explored before um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, heck, even, I wouldn't even mind if they like recast Ray and just did a new trilogy where Ray is like Luke's age and, you know, you got like some younger Jedi being the, you know, the new hero and it's just like a completely new story. Um, so anyway, I mean, I think that kind of answers your question, right? Like I, I don't necessarily... I'm kind of, I'm, I'm open to all possibilities at this point. Um, but I believe them when they say they're going to end the Skywalker saga here. So whatever they do next, I think obviously is not going to involve Luke and Leia and presumably not going to involve Ben Solo because he's part of the Skywalker line as well. I, um, I just, I just feel that there's going to be a cop out regardless, regardless of what they do. There's going to be something to leave open the door for it because. Well, again, yeah. And, and like I said, there certainly is room to not continue the Skywalker saga, but can, but to continue the story of these characters to still do a 10, 11 and 12 with, uh, you know, with Ray and, and, you know, all these new characters. Well, right. But I guess what I'm saying is you think, but that should we end the episodic films at nine because it's the end of the Skywalker saga. I guess that's my yeah. question. See, that's I'm really torn on that now that you brought it up, Paul, because there's two ways I think mm-hmm. to go about it. I was like, yeah, that could work, but uh, I don't know because I agree if they're going to do a new trilogy with Ray still being a central character, maybe not the main character, but important part of it. I mean, she's the central character of this trilogy. So if you're going to continue on with her story, I think it should continue with episodes 10, 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. But then I go, but if there's going to be no Skywalkers in it, then yeah, that wouldn't feel right either because all n- previous nine movies were yes. about the Skywalkers. So it's, I'm actually don't have a definitive answer for that. To be honest, I'm really well, torn. <laughs> it was really weird because again, I go back to the Jedi council and someone on there said, well, you can't, you, if you make her a Skywalker, you know, it's not like you have to make her a Skywalker to, for people to be interested and watch her movies. It's like, I'm not like, again, that's ridiculous. Of course that's, that's no, true. Yeah. Like, that's not, the like question. <laughs> it's not, that's not the question, but it's, we're talking about continuing the you know, episodic films, making them events. Again, you, you made a great point earlier, Tim, that all these major events revolve around the Skywalker family. So if it doesn't, does that mean it's no longer a part of the Skywalker family? Again, this is where I kind of go pro ending it exactly at nine and not having a new trilogy of, of with Ray, Finn and Poe be continue the episodic numbers, but do something else or like, or whatever, 
because I feel like this is their story. And if their story is going to definitively, again, if the movie comes out and there's literally no way, like Kylo dies, Ray doesn't take the last name Skywalker. She just goes, thank you, Master Skywalker, for always being with me because you're a force ghost. It's like, okay, cool. Like, whatever, <laughs> you know, I get it. Like, that's, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Let's end it at nine. Let's end the, ep- but here's the problem. Are you going to have a crawl? For all, all of these other films that are coming out, like the uh, the, the the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Again, mm-hmm. if you're going to start a whole, and this is where it gets interesting because there's been so many so much debates, uh, so many people debating about uh, do we need a crawl for the solo? Should solo have a crawl? Should the Rogue One need one? Everyone should need one, or you know. But then we heard you know, people say it's more of the episodic films. Again, we're, I feel like. This I almost feel like saying the finale of the Skywalker, the final Skywalker chapter or whatever. I honestly, honestly feel that it's kind of an excuse to make it an event. Like they're saying that just to make it like, oh, it's special. It's special because what was the problem with Solo? There was nothing event like with it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, so again, people would argue and I don't agree with it. They're like, oh, that's why it wasn't special because it wasn't an event like film. We have to make episode nine an event. Well, this is the last Skywalker movie. Now get your popcorn ready. Yeah, I feel like that's what they're trying to do, and I'm like, okay. There's probably some truth to that. I yeah, think. And, mm-hmm. and and I and I think that like that's kind of cheapening the whole thing too, you know. So I'm like, well, because is it? I mean, and that's the thing. We'll have to see it to you know to believe it. And again, we all thought that the Skywalker saga ended at six episodes, and it went on to seven. So I mean. I kind of feel like there's going to be something. And I also feel like if they're going to, if they really do want to move on from the Skywalker saga, I, in which I don't, which I'll be honest, I don't think Disney necessarily wants to do. I honestly don't. I don't, I just, I just don't with, with such a household name like Skywalker. Why would you want to abandon that? It just seems weird to me. But at the same and, time too, I think they got to realize they can't bang on that forever. That's though, true too. Yeah, like, it's like so what Kyle. It's like what Kyle said. So this is. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if they're gonna end it at nine definitively, then I think they should end the episodic numbering. Uh, but unless they rebrand, and again, this is gonna be hard. The next trilogy of 10, 11, 12, they have to rebrand it. They have to make it an event again. It can't just be like, hey, new Star Wars trilogy. Because look, by that point. We'll probably already have the Ryan Johnson trilogy. We'll have the D, uh, the double D's from Game of Thrones, supposed series of films that have a big chunk of those. So, I mean, there's the actual event, Star Wars event, is going to be harder to sell on a mainstream audience when you do that, if you already have these other trilogies and series of films. So... That's why I think it's like, well, what what would be the best like next marketing thing? Oh, the next sky- installment of the Skywalker saga. The Skywalker saga returns. You know, mm. you make <laughs> again, you promote it and make it an event. I think that's what. Look at Infinity Infinity War. Why people say Infinity worked because it was this giant event. It was a build up to that, and. I think Star Wars is trying to emulate too much like Marvel, maybe. I mean, again, I'm just kind of spitballing at this point, but I just kind of feel like I did hear a lot of this. It wasn't an event. You know, maybe that's why it wasn't, you know, it was no like kind of buzz around it. And maybe they're trying to make Star Wars more of an event kind of a film, uh, film gathering or film going experience, excuse me. And I think there's truth to that. But I, like I said, I feel like they're going to say this now and they're going to bring it back later and go, actually, Skywalker Saga returns. So, 
yeah, I, I just kind of feel like there is there's more to the story. And if again, if it is definitively like the end of the Skywalker saga and is, is episode nine, then 10, 11, 12, they, either, they have to rebrand it like and really push like the next episode of the Star Wars saga, 10, 11, 12. And then, you know, the start of a new chapter in the main Star Wars saga, which is this and branded this title, whether I'm not sure what the heck that's going to be, but you see what I'm saying? Like they have to rebrand yeah. it. They can't just be like, Hey guys, new Star Wars trilogy. Like no, people are going to be bored at that point. They have to, they'd have to at that point promote it as t- episode 10 and have it be, why is as, why is it episode 10? It's the new, what, what kind of saga is it the return of the Skywalker saga or is it the new Ray Rando saga? Who knows? I don't know. I think they need to be careful about that. What you were saying, like 10 or 20 years down the line, like the return of the Skywalker saga. Like how many, times could we say this is it for the skywalker saga and then mm-hmm. it comes back people will just be rolling their eyes at that point oh it's back again now we're gonna say it's gonna end after this third movie but then it'll come back another 20 years so but also can you really say it's the return of the skywalker saga if there are no skywalkers in it at that point well but that, but that's my point though like what what loophole what will they use to get to that if again if they say ray takes his takes the last name and they again they leave it open for that or something or something like that like or maybe let's say Kylo survives and they like, what's going to happen to Kylo Ren in ten years or whatever mm-hmm. you know so, will he have a child and maybe he gets redeemed and like goes off in hiding and and in his is has to live with his demons you know I don't know something like that there's all I mean look listen Kyle we me and Tim are in the world of comic books man like seriously they can retcon anything so, oh I know <laughs> I, and, and so I guess and, and I know you know I guess what I'm trying to say is like. I, I kind of feel like if and I'm not saying they should do that either, to be honest. In fact, I'm actually the more I talk about it out loud, again, it's more of a, and I don't, I don't mean to get so worked up about it. Like I actually really appreciate that we're talking about this and it helps me make you feel better. But I almost, as we're talking about it, I almost feel like if they're going to really keep the episodic numbering, which I think is 50, 50, they will for the next continuation of rape, Poe and Finn, if they survive. Again, that's another thing. What if they all die? How balling would that be? Like they just, they just <laughs> wow. said, "No, oh, this is the end." Bam! And they're like, hmm. and then maybe Rain's like, you know, Padawans or whatever are left with the books and like a ghost Jedi Skywalker to, you know, to well, keep shoot. The- Finn ain't dying even if it's for a good cause as long as Rose is around. Oh, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, I guess my thing is, the more I talk about it, the more I think that rebranding the saga for ten, eleven, twelve, I can get behind. If they if it's a good like saga, if they have a good story again, which and let's be real, I've I've liked, you know, a lot. I've liked I've liked this the sequel trilogy so far and I haven't loved it as much as I want to love it. And like and again, I'm, I'm banking on episode nine being my revenge of the Sith, because, again, episode one and two did. I did not fall in love with them until later. And it was Revenge of the Sith that kind of brought it home for me and really made me understand and love what came before. And I'm hoping that the episode nine will do that for me here. So then I'll mm-hmm. have closure and I'll say, you know what? This is a great ending to the Skywalker saga. What's the next one going to be? You know, what is if this is going to be a continuation of Ray, Finn and Poe episodes 10, 11 and 12? What's the saga going to be? You know what? What is what is it going to be worthwhile to tell the story? And I'm hoping there's a better story than what I think they've given us for the most part in the sequel trilogy, because as we all know, the sequel trilogy has been kind of a it's been kind of a mess. I mean, they've making it they've they're, they're making it up as they go, which I was mm-hmm. in denial about 
and it's and it's true. Like it's everyone's been out there saying it, it keeps coming out there. I'm like, well, I was wrong, and and I think it shows that it shows in a lot of ways because it's all over the place. And I really want the next. Let's let's assume it's is a 10, 11, and twelve with Ray Pone and Finn coming in 10, 15 years or whatever. If that's the case, I hope there's a legitimate, real, like we have an amazing story to tell and we have to tell it with these characters. Not we have to do it because we just bought the rights to Disney and we got to wrap up the, we had to wrap up the Skywalker saga because we don't want to keep, you know, whatever. That's what I kind of feel the saga is doing. And it's like a mm-hmm. bummer because Kylo Ren's one of the best Star Wars, you know, uh, characters ever. And it, now he's pretty much irredeemable and he's probably going to die. So, and the Skywalker saga is going to die too with him. So it's, for me, there has to be a legitimate story when that new trilogy happens, if it's 10, 11, 12, and let's rebrand whatever new saga we're going to start. Yeah, and I'm still, I mean, even when I read the announcement, I was specifically looking for warning if it said, you know, the end of the Skywalker saga or the end of the sequel trilogy or the final chapter of them. And I don't know if, I don't know where, I don't remember where I first saw it, if it was, on StarWars.com or like the tweet from the official Star Wars Twitter account, but I could have sworn it said the final chapter of the sequel trilogy, but then, Paul, you sent us that text where it said the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. I was like, oh, man, I must have missed that, or they corrected it or something by the time I got to it. But I just think it has... I've said this before, like in the lead-up to The Last Jedi and even when we were talking about The Last Jedi, that the Skywalker story has to end at some point. And if it's for at episode 9, then it's at episode 9. And for me personally, I would be okay with that because I would just be glad that I, I would be here to see it, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, uh, but the thing is that to see the Skywalker saga end is something that I would rather have happen than just have it keep going on and on. You made a great point about the EU stuff, Kyle, and like to avoid that. I'd rather have it end on a definitive note. We get we close the book on the Skywalker saga and there's a definitive ending for it i'm fine with that i mean if it's for episode nine or if they wanted to go 12 before they made this announcement i was good with whatever but as long as they kind of had a pinpoint to where we were going to get the final installment of the skywalker saga because i think you made another great point too kyle i mean, speaking kind of real world terms here not just the story of star wars but maybe disney and lucasfilm kind of want to put an end to it because Maybe they realize if we keep continuing on stories with these legacy characters and the lineage, regardless of what we do, it's going to disappoint some people and just split fans down the middle like The Last Jedi did. Maybe they do want to just kind of end it right here and now and not have to deal with that going forward and just maybe having to not deal with that baggage of fans complaining, oh, you ruined these characters and the you know anything moving forward is going to tarnish the reputation of the Skywalker name. So maybe they want to avoid that too. I'm not sure, but I could see that maybe playing a role where maybe it's just, they're thinking it's just time to end it now. Let's end it with episode nine. And as I think more about the whole rebranding thing, if they wanted to do a 10, 11 and 12, I was thinking too of like how ways they could do that where they don't necessarily call it episodes 10, 11 and 12. If the Skywalker's are done with nine kylo dies ray doesn't take the name but they still want to use ray poe and finn which i think they're going to i mean i i even think it'd be a shame if they're just limited to these three movies but i was thinking of like other star wars video games that kind of had those there were long titles but it made them distinct from the episodic titles of the movies for instance like force unleash it would be star wars 
the force unleashed and maybe it didn't say episode two but it had that distinction like it's star wars but then this is the story of the force unleashed and it's episode two or chapter two of that mm-hmm. so would it be something where they would have to give the story like if they were to do a new set of stories with ray poe and finn they give it a new subtitle after star wars and they just put like mm, a chapter yeah. two or chapter three after that that way they get their own movies but we know it's not continuing on the star the skywalker song oh yeah well i'm already assuming that that's what they're gonna do with like ryan johnson's trilogy assuming he's not the one to continue the ray poe and finn characters because he also could be doing that we don't know but i mean say somebody were to go and you know make a new trilogy about uh I mean, say I get my wish, right? And somebody does like a a trilogy of movies set in the Old Republic timeline. Um, You know, you're not going to call those episode negative 30. Um, (laughs) You know, and also, like, I don't think it would make sense to just have them be, uh, you know, to give each one a separate subtitle if they're all supposed to be part of a trilogy. So, yeah, it could be Star Wars, you know, Knights of the Old Republic episode one or, you know, whatever. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I like that idea. I'm not sure about... Like, if you're doing it with Ray, Poe, and Finn, they may still want to just go with episodes 10, 11, and 12 to let you know, like, hey, these are the next movies continuing with, like, that same set of main characters that we left off with in the episode movies. Um, But at the same time, I see what you're saying that, like, well, if that was, you know, if episodes one through nine is the Skywalker saga, like, do you want to keep going with the number, like, the episode 10, 11, 12, if that's not going to be part of the Skywalker saga? Yeah, it'd be, like, the first nine or like that, but... yeah. 10, 11, 12 or not. That just, see, that would bug me just as like a completionist type thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, man, it's yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, there's a lot of points you can make for and against well, of how they should go about if they want to continue with 10, 11, and 12. What if, what if, like, you got, you got me kind of thinking here a little bit because a long time ago, uh, The Empire Strikes Back was supposed to be chapter two. Mm. And what if, with the saga films, we kept it, you know, again, not Skywalker saga, but we'll say the saga films, like the main conflict. Mm. And let's say that the Skywalker saga, again, was is just the big, is the first part of the saga. And then the next part now will belong to Ray, Finn, and Poe, and whatever happens with those people. And what if the next, that next trilogy would be instead of episode 10, would just be chapter two? So, like, the first one's the first chapter. And the next one's like chapter two, and then it's the next installment of like ep- chapter two, episode one. Mm-hmm. Or oh, so- yeah, okay. Something like that. Would that be too confusing? I, or think, would- I think so. Because again, you have to keep in mind the people that don't keep up with Star Wars really well, like the people that still go, oh, episode two is that, you know, Empire Strikes Back or Attack of the Clones. Like if you go chapter two, episode one, the casual audience is going to be totally lost. That's true. But I mean, you see what I'm saying, though? I get what you're saying, like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, how about this? It wouldn't be... It could be... Yeah, or it could be, like... Um, it could be Chapter 2, Episode 10. And they go, oh, yeah, this one's a continuation of that one. But, like, what's Chapter 2 mean? It's, like, the next saga. You know, they could... Burn, and, again, you could keep rebranding it, like, the next saga. Like, it's the next one. Or maybe even have the crawl come up and it's episode one of the new crawl of the new of the subtitle of whatever the new trilogy is going to be so let's say it's the you know what again it's the ray randall saga so ray randall saga would come up as a star wars and then say episode one and then come up again and then it, it, whatever the star wars saga new star wars thing would be it, it would have that in episode one and then you keep going up and then or whatever something like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. Man, like, i, I 
No, I was just thinking, we're having this discussion about how how they would move forward with the with new stories after episode nine. I have to imagine they were having these similar type of discussions at Lucasfilm about the easiest way to do new movies. And right now, I'm thinking about it, like it would just be we got to leave a Skywalker around somehow, <laughs> just like you were saying, Paul. Have that door slightly open to continue on with episode 10, 11, 12 to make it all easier. Whether it is you know even if Kylo dies, if there's like but. During the gap between the last Jedi and nine, he does have a kid, and there's a baby there, or Ray taking on the name, just some way to have it continue on. Because that, as we're talking about, to me, is just the simplest solution if they want to continue exactly. years down the line with 10, 11, 12. So, I mean, we're talking about this now, and we just got to wait to see how episode nine ends. I mean, that's going to make mm-hmm. this discussion a whole lot different, <laughs> knowing how the Skywalker saga ends with episode nine. So, but man, it is fun to <laughs> spitball all these ideas and bring about all these points to how they can go forward with this after episode nine but yeah things will be made clear by the time we get to december 2019 to continue on this discussion again i would imagine yeah definitely um well let's go ahead and uh move on with the announcement here um but real quick paul are you feeling any little better about it no <laughs> i i, I, I do I, help. yeah no i did and i i plan on having plenty more with 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 you off off air kyle and tim and with my other friends and and, 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 you know, over Battlefront, preferably. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, well, <laughs> besides this, what else, else do we talk besides text messages? Well, I, I say that mostly for Tim's benefit. I talk to yeah. you on Battlefront a lot. <laughs> That's true. But I guess for me is I, I feel I feel better. It's just bittersweet because I love I love the idea of lineage passing on. Everyone will have a Skywalker, you know, whatever. And I realized, Tim, you, you know, everyone, you guys really did bring up all of you guys brought up great points and the fact that it can't go forever. It's got to end at some point. Mm-hmm. And before and again, before I'm, I'm done, I, I have to toot my own horn a little bit when I, when I posted that idea of. What, I, what would help me honestly have conclusion to all this is if they really went for it. And if they had on their poster like this episode one did, and I tweeted about this, I said, what if the poster said every saga has an ending? And mm-hmm. that would be that would be really cool, just like the episode one posters had every saga has a beginning. And I, when I tweeted that out, I, I got like, yeah, I, I felt a little better and I, I feel better just thinking about if Lucasfilm really promotes it as this is the end of the Skywalker saga and saying goodbye to everything, it would be it would, it would be nice that they really like made that a, a, a very prominent thing. I think they already started, and I think it's only a matter of time before like the next maybe the you know how the movie posters for the sequel trilogy we've gotten like and even though I'm not a big fan of it, but like it's the the hamburger Star Wars logo essentially with like Star <laughs> yeah. Wars and the uh, logo in the middle. Mm-hmm. What, what would be cool is if like the last um, poster of those, because I have all of them, or all two of them, I should say, um, I have the both of them would be cool. And this one on the same had the same thing for episode nine, but at the very bottom it said the saga, you know, every saga has an ending, or or on the top, excuse me, and it had on the top it said every saga has an ending. Like that would that would be cool. Like that yeah. to me would feel like okay, I can get behind this. It's telling me it's the end. How and I hope it has a lot of it pulls out a lot of stops. So mm-hmm. yeah, what were you no, I think it'd be cool too. How you're talking about the poster having the every song as an ending. If they kind of do a throwback to the episode one first teaser trailer, where the first episode nine teaser starts out that way, just with the words in black, like every song has an ending, just kind of coming full circle. Because I really hope that's the theme they're going to be playing with episode nine. If this really is going to be the end, just have it play for full circle on all the previous eight movies. I think that's definitely the way to go. And again, I mean, even though it is. I agree with what you're saying, Paul, about it kind of being bittersweet and 
hard to think about the Skywalker line or story, however you want to look at it, ending with this. Sometimes, for me anyway, it's good to have an ending. That's why when this announcement came, it wasn't so bittersweet as your reaction was. It was just kind of a thing, okay, I'm ready to accept that this is going to be the end. Because I just think there is, it's good for these epic stories to have some type of definitive ending that we can say, yep, this is where it begins and this is where it ends. And we'll just have to see if we're <laughs> how we think about how everything wraps up what we see the movie. But I just think that sometimes, even though it is hard to say goodbye to these characters that we all know and love for pretty mm-hmm. much our whole lives, it is good to have that definitive ending to a story. That's mm-hmm. a good, and that's, and that is ultimately what's helping me. And, and again, I, I go back to Kyle's point and I'm, I don't mean to talk so much today, guys, I, I apologize, but <laughs> it's, it's, funny it's, because you're usually so quiet. No, but about the the fact you don't want this thing to go on forever really does make me go you know we have to have an end at some point and Mm. you know it's like when will it get too much and episode nine is admittedly it's long it's that's that's nine films long that's a that's a good chunk of time so it's you know but again like i said i just would like it we'll just see what happens but I, i i do understand at some point there's got to be an ending because if it if they say let's say they did a 10 11 12 i at that point would probably say yeah we could probably end it at that point it's yeah film, right? yeah so, you don't want to be like hey you want to go watch star wars 15 yeah like i mean that's just kind of a mouthful in and of itself um it's kind of awesome too to think about it but yeah, yeah it's true I will, it's funny talking about all these episode numbers it just took me back to when i was a kid and specifically the time they came out with those thx remastered vhs tapes and thinking about the possibilities because back then it was only three star wars movies but we knew the prequels were coming and that would be it but then i always knew those old interviews mark hamill would have say about george lucas oh he planned this to be 12 movies i just couldn't help but think man i'm staring at my vhs collection of three movies how awesome would it be if i had 12 to look at right Hmm. here just deciding what star wars movie to watch and going to empire right now that's the middle part of this trilogy but it's going to be like just kind of the early stages of this saga if it goes to 12 but just the whole possibilities which is kind of fascinating to think about as a little kid during that time and the fact that we're at nine now and even though like you said paul if we don't get 12 nine's a pretty good amount of uh, chapters to get in the story so definitely come a long way but it's just kind of fun to think about where things were back when we only had the original trilogy and now we're talking about the possibilities yeah. of if and should we get 10 11 and 12 it's just crazy mm-hmm. yeah definitely um so anyway yeah going back to the casting announcement here um, oh yeah the cast <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry guys i'm sorry um well that's okay i mean we a lot of these uh you know cast members we kind of already knew about um you know obviously daisy ridley adam driver john boyega oscar isaac uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Donald Gleason, Kelly Marie Tran, Juna Suotamo, Billy Lord. Um, I mean, not surprised that any of those guys are returning. The only one uh, notable absence was uh, Gwendolyn Christie um, as Captain yeah. Phasma, which, I mean, some people were still kind of going back and forth on. Like, I assumed she was dead, so I wasn't really surprised that she wasn't in there. But some people are going like, oh, wait, Gwendolyn Christie's not in there. Like, are they just saving that as a surprise or whatever? And I was like, eh, but like... You Did you see Captain Kyle, Phasma get blown down the <laughs> hole on the ship that then exploded? Like, you know. That was ridiculous. People who want, like, Captain Phasma to live through that, it, that's that's almost as stretch as, you know, for a next Skywalker saga. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, guys. All right, guys. You want to go down another rabbit hole? Yeah. Uh, oh. Captain Phasma <laughs> <can survive. laughs> 
I mean, it's I mean with with Boba with with a Sarlacc pit, you maybe could see that happening because again the the episode or a uh, episode issue eighty two of the Marvel original Marvel series has um you know the the Sarlacc pit spits him up immediately after everyone leaves so and that's kind of interesting but like there's nothing like she goes down a ship that gets blown up and like it's. We don't yeah. see her fly out to space, though. I mean, her armor, we don't know how strong it, it she, is. But, but her, she's got a crack in her face, man. That one small crack of her face could be messed up. But she uh, knows. Maybe she could have pulled a grappling rope out of her belt as she was falling, get to ground, and then just go on a ship or escape pod. Just like she what, escaped off Starkiller Base. This is what people, like, this is how I feel is how people feel when I talk about another Skywalker. In, <laughs> that's, I understand well, how you all feel now. Well, that's a much bigger deal of the grander scheme of star wars this is just from my fanboy fair <laughs> enough fair perspective enough. from a character i just love so much and sadly didn't get enough of so i was holding out hope that she would you know they'd figure out a clever way for her to survive but now that she's not in the casting announcement yeah i think it's time for me to accept that the last jedi was the last time i'm gonna see her in a movie yeah <laughs> i'll <laughs> <laughs> we still got Star Wars Resistance, so I haven't seen the last of that. Which That's is true. That's true. She'll be in Resistance, and we also have you know three new uh, main members of the cast announced here, and so one of them could be a new cool armored character or bounty hunter or something that you might fall in love with all over again. Or they can find her armor, survive the explosion, pieces <laughs> out in space, and reforge it. They can continue on the Phasma legacy. <laughs> yeah, that that could work too. <laughs> um. And then, of course, as we said, uh, Lando is back. Um, I think we talked about that on our, maybe not last episode, but the one before that. Um, so official confirmation that Billy D. Williams is returning as Lando. And also, I'm kind of surprised that they just straight up announced right here that Mark Hamill will be back as Luke. I mean, I think we all kind of figured that, that mm -hmm. um, at the very least, he'd be back as a Force ghost. And who knows, maybe... Uh, Maybe they'll find some new way to bring him back and, you know, maybe he didn't actually die at the end of The Last Jedi. But that was certainly the implication and we all figured that, you know, at least he'd be coming back as a Force ghost for uh, for Episode 8. But, I mean, were you guys surprised that they um, just announced that right to begin with instead of trying to surprise us with that later? It was definitely something I'm glad they did. And to be honest, it was kind of more of a relief feeling for me because, like you said, Kyle, we all assumed he would be in episode nine as a force goes but then you got you know and mark hamill likes to troll everyone on twitter have yep, some fun yep. to just say you know well i forget exactly but he made some like comments of how like you might not be back for episode nine or kind of playing it coy so i was just kind of relieved more than anything to see that yeah his name is on the official cast announcement and he's going to be in the movie and we assume as a force goes but yeah, who knows maybe they will figure out some clever way to just have him appear in a different like whether it's a vision or a flashback or something like that but i think force mm -hmm. ghost is the safe bet and to be honest that's what i want to see the most but well the, oh, i'm sorry go ahead. i was gonna say the big question though is who is he gonna appear to as a force ghost Cause i think he can oh it's so be, easy dude. be like ray and kylo i would love it for if he does both though i mean mm -hmm. to have see their reactions of well i, I think ray's definitely the safe bet and i was gonna say kylo would be interesting to see him interact with him again but i think he kind of made his point at the end of Last Jedi how their reaction or their interaction would be after, you know, those years of Kylo destroying the temple and leaving him. I think he said what he had to say and nothing's going to change Kylo's mind at that point, especially how he says he'll destroy them all. And Luke gave us a great speech at the end. So maybe not so much Kylo, even though I think it would be kind of cool if 
he does have one more interaction, but yeah, so we'll see. Well, I, I think that the reason why he was announced is because I think he's going to be a major character in the mm. movie. I think you're right. I think he's going to be, it's going to be mainly Ray. I think he will intercede somewhere because if this is the, if this is the finale of the Skywalker saga, then I think Luke has to have contribute something into episode nine and don't remember. Now we all know that there's, and we're trying to, you know, branch out our, you know, our horizons, if you will, about with star Wars in general, because George Lucas is no longer involved. But, you know, but the reason I say that I want to preface it by saying that, because remember they're changing things a little bit. They can change the rules. I mean, for all we know, Sith ghosts could be showing up at some point in yeah, the Star Wars right. universe. I mean, I'll say right now, if they do that, it might take a while for me to accept it, or they'd have the really good reason to retcon what's been established before. Well, I would say I'd be pretty disappointed if they changed well, right, it. Right. Right. But so here's what I'm saying is that what if Luke actually does something to like help aid Ray and it'd be a Skywalker versus Skywalker. Like what if, you know, the ghost of Luke takes on Kylo Ren somehow. And that's like the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. Like what if Ray isn't as powerful as Kylo Ren, like in the end, like Kylo like defeats her and it takes a Skywalker to defeat the other Skywalker. That would be kind of interesting because mm -hmm. you know, it, no, hold on okay. in the, uh, in the original um, return of the Jedi scripts, Yoda and Obi-Wan come yeah, that's right. to Luke's aid and help Luke defeat Darth Vader and the Emperor. I think it's the Emperor, but what would be interesting is they take that concept and we already have it introduced with Yoda that he can kind of alter things a little mm -hmm. bit and they've already opened that door. What can Luke do to defeat Kylo Ren in episode nine? And I really do think he's going to be a supporting character. If this really is a years after the last Jedi, then I think Luke's going to be already talking to Ray. Like I would, I, I, we talked about this before. I would kill to have a scene where the first time we see Luke and Ray together is actually like just like the hundredth time they've talked mm -hmm. and it's yeah. already been established. And they're like, and she's like, master Luke, why are you always bugging me out? You know, and she, he's just like, because you need to hear this. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they start <laughs> arguing. Like, that'd be really, that would be awesome. And I would love that. Like, that to me would be perfect. And again, maybe Luke for, and then, then you have the, you have a more connection with the Skywalkers and Ray at that point. And then when Luke, let's say, let's assume that I'm right. Okay. Okay. Let's assume that I'm right for a second. If Luke defeats Kylo Ren, like maybe he does something to defeat Kylo Ren. And it's, again, the whole Skywalker meets Skywalker, and they and they definitively end the Skywalker saga. At that point, that'd be poetic and interesting, and like would be okay. That would make sense, and and again, it would give Luke an arc because he wasn't really, he, he, you know, he wasn't really given that. I feel in the Last Jedi, like it was, he was, really? but we will, he was given an arc, but to me, it wasn't a final conclusion arc to where. I feel like he's got a lot of unfinished business and specifically with, you know, Kylo Ren. But again, I guess Obi-Wan Kenobi had unfinished business, but whatever. So I guess yeah, it, it's kind of about passing the torch on to the next yeah. generation and letting right. them finish right. your unfinished business. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah so I, I guess for me is like, I think it would be again, a good way to end the saga with, with that. And, the, and also and this is what I was going with this. I'm sorry. Is that, at the very end, if Luke were to interfere with Kylo Ren, maybe his subconscious would disappear at that point because he did something out of like, you know what I mean? Like maybe he did something so abnormal that it dissolves him 
from and, and therefore that would be disappointing though yeah like kind of a repeat of the end of the last jedi except force goose force ghost luke exerts himself so hard that his force ghost dies or, or the fact that maybe or maybe he doesn't die but he's like now that i've defeated my nephew and that Kylo Ren is defeated that I don't there's no need for me to be here anymore mm -hmm. and that there there is a goodbye between Ray and Luke because they've already have established relationship because of the um you know the fact we we get in the movie that they've already been talking for and training with and talking with each other for years think about the the ancillary material with books and comics you could have of yeah. Ray talking to Luke that'd be so cool so the fact you would have that at the very end we would all be Ray saying goodbye to Luke Skywalker that'd be that'd be beautiful in my opinion so that would be interesting in a way that you could have the Skywalkers defeat the Skywalkers and Ray saying goodbye to Luke for the last time you know Goodbye, you know, Master Luke. You know, and he's like, now that I've the Kylo Ren's defeated, I can move on in life. You know, blah blah, blah. or something. Obviously, I'm not going to write that, but but whatever. If that would be poetic and interesting, and I think, and I think a great way to end the saga. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing that I kind of disagree with, and I don't think it's going to happen, is that it's Luke who kind of really defeats Kylo Ren because mm -hmm. they go that route. First off, I don't. I hope Luke has a substantial role, but I'm kind of preparing myself to kind of just be a supporting minor role as a force ghost. But I would love to be proven wrong on that. But I just think also it would kind of lessen Ray's character. Like she gone through all this stuff since the episode, since episode seven, but she wasn't, she didn't elevate to the level she needed to, to defeat Kylo Ren. And she needed the force ghost Luke to finish the job, which to me, that would be kind of disappointing. But I was going to say, and Kyle brought it up earlier, how, she is going to succeed and in turn Luke's going to succeed kind of through her kind of like you said with Obi-Wan through Luke it's just that thing of and I love the idea you were saying Paul about Ray and Luke having conversations shortly after The Last Jedi all the way up to but however long episode 9 is I think that's great and they have that established more connection and it does feel like once Ray defeats Kylo Ren it is kind of like Luke defeating him too so that's kind of how I see it playing out and I uh for me personally, I think it's how it should play out, where Ray should be the one to defeat Kylo Ren, or just like the ultimate uh, antagonist threat, whatever you want to call it, of the sequel trilogy. It should be her. She's the main protagonist. I think she should be the one to come out victorious in it. Of course, with help from her friends and Luke and all that. So, but I do like your idea about the goodbye, saying that too. Whether it's not like they specifically say goodbye, but even if they harken back to how Return of the Jedi ended with just. Luke looking at Anakin, Yoda, and Obi-Wan, kind of like they weren't saying goodbye, but there was an acknowledgement there that their mission was accomplished and things can, like, either they could rest now or not feel like they have to be talking to Luke and seeing him all the time because he did what he needed to do. So some closure there I can see happening with Rey and the Force Ghost, Luke, and hopefully some other Force Ghosts there too, <laughs> mm -hmm. which I'm sure will come up in other topics as we move along here. But that's how kind of how I see it playing out with Luke and his role helping Rey defeat Kylo. Yeah, and I mean, I'm with you, Tim. Like, I definitely think it has to be Rey to kind of finish him off. I mean, as cool as it would be to see another Skywalker versus Skywalker showdown. I mean, we saw that already at the end of The Last Jedi, and I think the whole reason— Did we? Well, the whole reason that it yes, played yeah. out the way it did with <laughs> Luke, you know, really kind of just not trying to defeat Kylo, but really just trying to buy time for the for Rey and for the resistance to get away is, again, part of that whole concept of passing the, passing the torch and letting her finish the fight. 
Um, and so I don't think he did all that just to come back as a force ghost and defeat Kylo himself. I think we could, like you were talking about, maybe see him like intervene in a more practical way than we've seen before from a force ghost, maybe do something new with the force powers or whatever. Um, and maybe see him actually aid Ray in that fight. I think that would be kind of cool, but I think she has to be the one to finish him off. Um, and it ultimately has to be her fight and not Luke's. Um, just cause again, I mean, she's, you know, the main character of this trilogy and we've kind of known that all along. And even Mark Hamill keeps saying that in interviews, like, uh, you know, people shouldn't get their hopes up for Luke cause like this isn't his story anymore. Um, and that it's really about him kind of handing off the baton to the younger generation. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of how all that's going to go down, especially cause also when I was just talking about, uh, the the showdown between Luke and Kylo in the Last Jedi, Ray was kind of nowhere to be seen in there. And obviously, she's you know helping rescue the Resistance and everything. It's because she's not a Skywalker, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're the one that wants her to be. I um, know, but that's why she wasn't there. Like, but, well, we don't care, so she goes off to the side because the Skywalkers are the main focus. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I'm yeah, sure. I mean, even though, I mean, she was still playing a vital role in like helping rescue the resistance and you had the really cool kind of intercutting between Luke telling Kylo, like, you know, I will not be the last Jedi and it cuts to Ray, you know, saving everybody. I um, like this. But it still felt weird kind of to have, you know, sort of your, your, who's supposed to be your main protagonist kind of more or less sitting out the last third of the movie. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think that's going to happen again with episode nine. I think now it's going to be all about Luke sort of preparing her for her final fight with Kylo Ren. Um, and it's going to be up to her to finish that. Um, and as we were talking about earlier, Paul, you were mentioning, you know, Sith force ghost, if that's something they would retcon or bring in that they can come back. I would think that would be the way, maybe not, like Sith Ghost, but maybe if there's some way like Kylo brings back, maybe if they go more of the Dathomir route, the Night Sisters, like zombies, like Ancient Sith or something, but some like other supernatural element that Luke can help face off if they want to have a big battle like that, or Ray is still fighting Kylo and the conflict is with those two, but Luke is helping somewhere else if they want to go that route. That's kind of where I could see him getting involved in a fight if it's more of a like supernatural type setting with the Force, but at the same time, too, like I said, I don't want to see Sith force goes but if they can think of a clever way or if kylo can think of a way where it's not necessarily bringing back assist force ghost, but some other type of power even if it's illusion like darth bane on moraban something like that but i don't know that's the only way i think i can see him getting involved in kind of like the final epic showdown between kylo and ray i think that would be kind of cool though <laughs> i'm not gonna not against that with luke being involved with it somehow but i just don't want him to be the one to face down kylo and bring about his end mm-hmm um, yeah, well, definitely. I mean, the whole Ray Kylo showdown is going to be uh, a highlight of the movie and one of the things that we're going to be most looking forward to going into it and speculating oh, and everything. Um, but going back to the next part of the casting announcement, um, and this was another big thing that, you know, people were probably talking about, um, the, one of the, one of the biggest talking points out of all this. Um, you know, talking about uh, Leia and Carrie Fisher, and it says the role of Leia Organa will once again be played by Carrie Fisher using previously unreleased footage shot for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, and I think that was the most surprising thing was that, I mean, apparently they have enough footage from Episode 7 to uh, to edit, you know, 
some sort of um, appearance for her back into this. Um, although I think I did see something on Twitter today or something earlier where uh, her brother Todd said that, like, I guess they also had some footage from episode eight that they were going to use. Yeah, um, that was from an ABC affiliate uh, reporter who is a big Star Wars fan and who's been kind of like the... I wouldn't say go to Star Wars reporter since now Bresnikin. Bresnikin still, I think, is part, you know, they go to Bresnikin quite a bit. But, like, for instance, when they had that whole thing with um, the Star Wars movies on hold or whatever, he was yeah. the one that came out for ABC and said, My sources are telling me this out of, you know, and pretty much he, that guy is pretty connected right now. And the fact that he went on, I think it was Star Wars News Nets. Uh, podcast or resistance or whatever i don't i don't listen to that show at all, or i haven't listened to that show yet or whatever um but apparently he had said that um that the the brother from or carrie fisher's brother said that they're going to use episode eight footage and there's actually another quote from him also i thought was really interesting um i'm not sure if you guys saw it i just kind of i took it from uh someone who kind of took a tweet or whatever from the article he said this is from the guy from abc he said he said there were big surprises coming big surprises with this movie, this performance and the unused footage and said, this one is really for the fans. So yeah. I thought that was really intriguing that he added that. Um, yeah. You know, so, so he said that there's big surprises with this movie, with this performance and this movie is really for the fans. So what that means with Carrie Fisher, to be honest, I mean, do you expect her to still survive like majority of the film? Cause to be honest, I kind of feel they're just going to piece together one legitimate scene and then something's going to happen. I just, I, I just don't see her surviving the whole movie. Yeah. I don't know. Like, honestly, I have no idea what they're going to do with this. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more surprised that they're using footage from episode seven. Uh, to be honest, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had some kind of footage from episode eight, um, but the fact in at all that they're bringing her back, like, um, I mean, I kind of thought they were maybe just going to carry on without her and I'm glad that they found a way to still have her included in this and to, um, you know, bring back that character one more time and kind of get to say one last farewell, uh, for, you know, all the people that love that character so much, um, and I mean, I think it's great. I love the fact that they're able to work her in here. I just have so many questions as far as how they're going to do it. Um, I mean, I know obviously we know they're going to be using, um, you know, previously shot footage, but like maybe it's just me as a a, um, a filmmaker. I'm just like that sounds like a creative nightmare. Like trying to create a new scene out of previously shot footage for a bunch of other scenes and just, you know, kind of cobbling it together. So, I mean, kind of like you were saying, Paul, I have no idea how big of a role she's actually going to play in this, how long she's going to be in the movie for. Um, but I don't, I don't know that you can have her die if she wasn't like, unless they already shot like a death scene for her for episode seven or episode eight. And they shot one like just in case um, or something like that. Um, and I mean, it doesn't seem like they would have because apparently they originally had big plans for Leia in this movie. So I'm thinking maybe she's already died and they're going to use this footage to do a scene of her as a force ghost. Um, mm -hmm. or I mean, that that's 
kind of the only thing I can think of at this point. As far as, I mean, I'm sure there's other scenes that they could do just to have her included in the movie, but to include her in the movie and also have a satisfying sort of resolution for the character, um, I mean, that's about the best speculation I've got right now without knowing what kind of deleted scenes and alternate takes and stuff they did. Um, especially with The Force Awakens, I'm sure kind of in the early going, maybe they shot some stuff that ended up being way different from... Uh, the finished product. So, I mean, I really don't know what they have that they could use and um, how much they're going to have to edit that and tweak it um, to make it usable for what they want to do here. But I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued and I'm very interested to see uh, how they're going to pull this off and sort of what capacity, um, like to what capacity they're going to have Leia be involved in the story and just how much screen screen time she's going to have and all that sort of thing. Um, but as it stands right now, I mean, I'm not expecting it to be a lot, but I think sort of anything is better than nothing. Um, and I think yeah. that's certainly their approach to it. That's why they're doing this and why they didn't want to just write her out of the story. And J.J. Abrams even said, like, it just didn't feel right to do this conclusion to the Skywalker saga without her. And that's why we uh, went ahead and, you know, tried to do something with this um, this unreleased footage that we had and find a way to work her into it. So, um yeah, so I mean, I think that's kind of their approach to it, but we'll just, we'll see. I hope it ends up being really good. I hope it pays off. Um, and I think regardless, even if it's, you know, even if it feels kind of weird or you can kind of tell that it's um, edited out of place or whatever, I think at the very least, it'll at least feel like a a heartfelt kind of tribute to Carrie Fisher. Like, you know why it's going to be in there. Um, but hopefully with, you know, JJ's storytelling abilities and the, the wizardry of the guys at ILM, like they can actually put this together into a, a scene that actually feels like it belongs in the movie. Um, and it'll just kind of feel like a, a coherent thing. So, um, I mean, that's what we hope for, but I mean, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see what they do with this. Yeah. But first off, I mean, just reading that and the first time I read the announcement, it was just such welcome and good news to read that they are going to have a way for Carrie Fisher to be in this movie because I was pretty much in the mindset that they were just going to write her off and they would either stay in the crawl or uh, have one of the characters mentioned that Leia passed during the time from the last Jedi to episode nine. And that would be it. But the fact that, you know, this was such a big deal for JJ to, you know, include her in the story because it wouldn't feel right. I mean, I think that's great that they view it, as important as it should be in that regard for Leia to be included some way. And we were all wondering, you know, if they do decide to keep her in the story, just what would they do? CG recasting and no, none of that felt right. And that's why I was kind of preparing myself. It would just, you know, probably be for the best if she wasn't in the movie and they just, you know, wrote her out of the script and story. But the fact that there is enough footage, whether it's just from the force awakens and the last Jedi, I think, you know, I have full confidence in JJ and like you said, Kyle, everyone IOM to make it work. And to have it be, if anything, just a nice tribute and ending to, you know, Leia's story. And at first, as I after I read the announcement, I was kind of thinking that, like, how much footage do they have and how significant does it play into the story they're trying to tell here? Because in The Force Awakens, and I'm just going by some of the deleted scenes we got on the Blu-ray, and I'm sure there's more than just that, but a lot of it's just her dealing with, you know, that stage of the resistance and the resistance is such in a different state right now. And then episode nine, even more so. So I'm not sure how the dialogue she had in those episode seven scenes in regards to the resistance would uh, still be something that's relevant to the state of the resistance in episode nine. But so I was kind of 
preparing myself or not preparing myself, but just speculating that if anything, if there is not that much footage, but there's enough to kind of have a nice tribute to her as a force ghost at the end, kind of like I was saying before with Luke, kind of have a nice goodbye with as a way to wrap up the trill or the saga and have a come full circle, do another return of the Jedi moment, but even bigger with Luke, Leia there now, Yoda, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, Anakin. This That would be, I think, the best way to say goodbye. And I still hope that is the case. And if that's all they have for Leia to be just enough footage to her as a force ghost, then I think I'd be okay with that. But at the same time, too, I've heard other people speculate about another way it can kind of be a full circle type of thing is if it's kind of like a video hologram recording kind of like how it was in her as a new hope mm. or maybe we see a message and some dialogue of her talking to the resistance like that and then maybe we'll get her as a force ghost at the end so right now that's kind of how i see it's playing out but another thing i'm remembering too is the one shot or one of uh, quite a few shots actually that we've got in the force awakens trailer that wasn't in the movie is that shot of maz handing her luke's lightsaber oh and yeah that's something that i think can be Maybe a pretty important, and going back to that report you were talking about, Paul, from uh, Star Wars Newsnet, that ABC reporter about, you know, some big surprises and stuff for the fans and all that stuff. That could be an important moment, maybe, depending on, maybe they won't use the exact shot of her handling handing the lightsaber because, you know, it's busted in two right now. And I think Ray's going to rebuild it and modify it in a way that fits more her style. But maybe just the dialogue and conversation that, Leia and Maz had in that moment will be something we see in episode 9 so right now I'm just thinking if we're going to get any type of actual you know scenes with her talking to another character that might be one of them but for the most part I'm just thinking it's going to be either a hologram or just seeing her as a force goes but yeah and like you said Kyle a little bit is better than none so the fact that Leia is still going to be episode 9 I think is just you know great news and something I wasn't expecting but such a big part of this press release once they announced the cast. And I know it got me and a lot of people just even more excited about episode nine, knowing that Leia is going to be in it. It's confirmed Mark Hamill's going to be back as Luke and it's confirmed we're getting Billy D. Williams back as Lando. So it's still, you know, going to have a good presence of legacy characters in it. It's going to be awesome to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's just, I mean, it still kind of feels like a shame that we're probably not going to see all those legacy characters together. Um, I mean, I, you know, we probably won't see, uh, Luke and Leia with Lando, you know, if they're both mm-hmm. force ghosts or something, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what role they have in store for Lando in the movie. And, um, of course, um, you know, seeing Luke as a force ghost is going to be cool. And then, um, yeah, I mean, whatever, uh, you know, capacity they're able to, uh, use Leia in, I mean, it's going to be great to see Carrie Fisher in there one more time. I will say... I don't think it's going to be just for like a quick little force ghost cameo for like a reunion scene at the end of the movie or something like that. Because if the reports are true that they're using footage from both episode seven and episode eight, it's like you wouldn't need that much footage. You could use one shot for that. So I also think that do you want her to be a force ghost? Would that be too? I mean, I kind of want it, but also like how would that work? Because she's not even like a Jedi. She's just, you know what I mean? Like she can use the force, but. Well, I think there'd be enough time 
between the last Jedi and episode nine where Luke can teach her just as, you know, he was taught and Qui-Gon taught Yoda. Uh, yeah. Taught uh, yeah. Okay. And, and okay. maybe, I mean, maybe she gets sick and while she's on her deathbed, she's got time to read all those Jedi textbooks those? that Ray stole. Ray, um, give me those Jedi textbooks. Those, those textbooks really shouldn't have it because no other Jedi was able <laughs> to do true. it before Qui-Gon. That's true. Nobody Jeez, knew about it at that point. Kyle, remember your Star Wars knowledge. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, who knows? Those texts had been hidden in a tree. Like, it's not like Yoda and Qui-Gon had been sitting there reading those same books. So it could have been lost knowledge. Um, true. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying they were the sacred texts, but it's, you know, Luke didn't find them on Coruscant. Well, that's because, never mind. We're going to, we're going down a rabbit hole right with this conversation. (laughs) Well, that's what we do best. Um, (laughs) except it's Star Wars. We should call it a Jackson hole. Nice. The fact you know who Jackson is is really impressive, actually. Oh, what? Because you think I don't know anything about Star Wars comics, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got you. Oh, uh, well, let's let's get out of the uh, the Jackson hole for a moment. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So, I mean, we, we talked about the cast. We talked about Carrie. Um, I mean, kind of just the last thing here. I mean, obviously, we know uh, Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, all these people are going to be involved. Um, this is, as far as we know, going to be the last movie that John Williams will be scoring or the last Star Wars movie anyways. Um and I think not in this press release, but I think he's said like in other interviews and whatnot that he's going to be uh, retiring from the franchise after yeah. episode nine um, and that he just wanted to see this trilogy through to conclusion um, that he really liked uh, doing Ray's theme and kind of scoring her scenes. And so um, obviously one of the most exciting new things with any Star Wars movie is getting to listen to the soundtrack. So um, hopefully John Williams really brings it one more time and this will be uh, a, a great note if you will no pun intended for him to go out on <laughs> yeah definitely i mean depending depending on the new characters we get in here maybe not too many new themes to expect for a character wise but it's always great to get that main new theme for a movie which you know is always for me anyway the most exciting part when i hear a new score by john williams what is this movie's main theme going to be yeah and oh well go I'm ahead. Sorry, i was just gonna say it, i thought force awakens with Ray's had a great one. And I, even though it doesn't get talked about much, I, I really love that theme for episode eight. I thought it was just the Rose theme or the Rose and Finn theme, but that's episode eight theme. And I, it's something different for Star Wars. I said it up before too. I just loved how that type of style and the music theme for that one is. So really excited to see what he does for episode nine too. I'm expecting something different. Yeah. Well, the thing that I'm kind of looking forward to the most musically, or I guess the thing that I'm kind of hoping for um, is, you know, like we talked about, we're anticipating a big final showdown between Ray and Kylo. Um, so maybe we'll get a new like duel of the fates or battle mm-hmm. of the heroes type kind of epic showdown music. Um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I would love that. Now, I mean, the one thing you have to take into account is like in the prequels, like Anakin and Obi-Wan didn't really have their own themes and like, well, I mean, Anakin had a theme, but that was like for episode one. That was like yeah. the kid Anakin theme. Um, and I mean, with since Ray has her own theme, I mean, you could just do sort of a dramatic version of the Ray theme for any kind of battle that she's in. Kylo's too, but, yeah, uh, yeah, and Kylo's. Um, but I do think it would be cool to have um, 
you know, a, a theme that maybe incorporates elements from both of those pieces, but also has its own kind of, you know, just kind of strong epic melody to it, like uh, like Duel of the Fates and Battle of the Heroes do. Heck, it would just be, I would be all down if they played Duel of the Fates <laughs> for a small portion of that fight. That too. I mean, was, I mean, if it's something little, as I did in Revenge of the Sith, but just played a portion of it in Obi-Wan and Anakin's fight, just mm-hmm. like a little tease. I mean, Ah, that would be a real geek out moment. Yeah, for sure. I love that part in Revenge of the Sith too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's the whole, you know, the casting announcement, the rundown on the start of production and everything. So um, we are well underway. And uh, man, it's crazy to think that, you know, a year from now, dang, a year from now, we'll be done with the first season of Star Wars Resistance. We'll probably, hopefully, yeah, there's a, a seven out of twelve chance that by this time next year we'll be watching. <laughs> uh, you know, we already will have seen the new Clone Wars episodes, or at um, least be really close. Yeah, and then uh, we'll have you know the first trailer already for Star Wars Episode Nine, and be uh, oh yeah, we'll have gearing up for that. So we'll be getting ready for the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the second one won't be coming out till like November thirtieth, probably. <laughs> so, I mean, let's. But my my here's my prediction of about if we're thinking from a year from now, I think that there are going to be a ton of announcements at Celebration. I, I really oh, do. I think there's going to be with four what what no five days of they're going to be covering one day being a show day, just you know a preview floor of just you know being able to roam the floor and hang out, which I really like by the way. But the fact that they're going to do with that day plus four extra days on top of that. There's going to be a ton of announcements. I think there's going to be announcements for the Favreau series. There's going to be announcements for the Clone Wars. I think they're going to show, if it's not out by then, I'm pretty sure it's not. I think they're going to, my prediction is they're going to put the streaming service out right before around the holidays. And then they'll say, you know, and they'll use Star Wars as probably a way to like get people excited with episode nine. Like, have you not, you know, episodes the whole saga is now the whole Skywalker saga is now on st- Disney's all new streaming service. Plus new episodes of the clone wars. Like, again, you can kind of use that to cross promote your thing. And but it, it, the streaming service might be out before then, but the clone wars won't be out until, um, the episode nine comes out. Oh, so we'll get the show. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, I think gonna, it's going to see. I picture it launching with the clone wars. Like it's going to be, I think so too. I think it's going to be a launch title. We'll see. Now, we'll it, see, but, I mean, but, yeah. it might not launch until around the holidays, but if it launches earlier in the year, yeah, I'm with you, Tim. I think it's going to be a launch title because as much as you want to build up hype around the holidays for episode nine, you also want to draw people into that streaming service as soon as it launches and having new star Wars content on there is going to be a big draw for people. Right. And I guess for me is I just I just think that they're not going to do it until later. They can really cross promote more like, hey, we have this new streaming service. Check out this new these Clone Wars episodes on unseen, you know, Star Wars stuff on our on our app. It's going to whatever it happens, the app is going to I think will or the Clone Wars will coincide with episode nine within a few months. so They can cross promote. I could be wrong. I'm not. Yeah. Stop, again, I, stop I, being a pessimist. We need it. Sooner. Well, hold on. <laughs> As Tim Tim will remember this. I was criticized once for not having a marketing degree, uh, and I would not know you know anything about you know this stuff because I don't have a marketing degree. I don't know if you remember that, Tim. Someone said that to me. <laughs> like, well, I have a marketing degree, and I know that you know whatever. Yes, I'm well aware of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but so I guess for me is I think within a year we're gonna get the first teaser. It's only the teaser, and let's be real, we're not gonna get a trailer until like probably October for. 
Yeah. Uh, just just like with Last Jedi, we didn't get it till October, midway through the NFL season, so they can promote it with a Monday Night Football and then drop the tickets at the same time. It makes sense. I mean, we're, we at least we know the timeline. Like we're all gonna, we're we're going to get a, a teaser in in April, and then I think they're going to show us do a ton of announcements. They're going to show us an episode at Celebration of probably the Clone Wars, and then they're probably going to announce more stuff. So I, I think that's what's going to be. I don't think we're going to stream the service. If anything, the Clone Wars ain't coming until closer to October, November. Lies. <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Maybe I'm trying to jinx myself, guys. Hmm? Good. Yeah. Well, no, because if you say it, then that's actually going to happen. That's going to be the jinxing. The jinxing, I, the jinxing is when the bad thing happens. When like, have I been right? <laughs> when have I been right? I've always thought Ray had to be a solo or a Skywalker. I was way off. So well, I that's mean, true. But a lot of us so, thought that. Um, okay. But yeah, I do, I do think maybe we won't see the Clone Wars before Celebration because they may want to use that to to kind of hype it up a little bit more. Or yeah, like you said, maybe do a debut of like one of the first episodes or something like that. Um, but regardless, yeah, Celebration next year is going to be just chock full of announcements and cool stuff because i mean i'm sure there'll be like a panel for resistance season two um and you know what i'm not even a hundred percent convinced and i don't want to get greedy here but you know we've got resistance we've got the final 12 episodes of clone wars we got forces of destiny i'm not convinced that that's all they're working on um and I think especially after, like maybe after the Clone Wars comes out, so maybe it won't be at Celebration, but um, I I think we'll get, you know, hopefully get another announcement at some point after that about what's coming next. Um, but we'll kind of see. I mean, we, we really have yet to see anything official from Resistance. Um, so, I mean, once we really get into that story and kind of the scope of it, maybe it will be like, oh, this is really just kind of what they're focusing on for now. Um but, I mean, who knows? Like, you know, just with the, the success that they've had so far with the animation, maybe they want to branch out and do more stuff with that. Um, I mean, I do think for right now, they're probably just focused on um, on finishing the Clone Wars and getting Resistance off the ground. But, again, I mean, since they're only doing 12 episodes of Clone Wars, like, once they're done with that, who knows where they could move on to from there. Um, but, yeah, so we'll have lots of animation stuff. Um you know, obviously that's when we're going to get that first look at episode nine, like you said, and then um, probably get some big announcements about whatever films are coming next. Um, get an announcement for another standalone film if we haven't already gotten one by that point. Um, as I kind of well think that's something. As... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think that's something they have to do at Celebration because I think they kind of just don't want episode nine to be the only one on the docket as we get closer and closer to release because I'm sure by the time they're doing press interviews and press junkets for episode nine people are going to be asking what's next what's after episode nine i think they'd yeah. like to have oh a definitely movie or two like officially titled or if it's they're doing a standalone movie still we'll have those announced but have some more context either to what's next it's like something officially out there that they can call and not just say you know the ryan johnson trilogy or the game of thrones guys movies put names to that or announce some new standalone movies. I think they'll have some one of those by the time. Do you, yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they announce something between now and then. I'm just saying if they if, if they do wait a year without announcing any of that stuff, then they will definitely make some announcements at Celebration for sure. Can I yeah, ask? I think they're just going to wait. 
So can I ask you guys, like we, as Tim knows, I love to do bets and I love to put things on the line. Which between and, you and me are all for one. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Unfortunately, um, my question is this: What will they announce between now and celebration? You see, will, will I, they will they will they hold really really fast before you go on any further? Will they announce anything? I'm not saying they have to predict what they're going to announce. I'm saying will they announce anything officially between now and Celebration so they can talk about whatever they announce at Celebration? I think, if anything, if there's still another standalone film coming in 2020, because they said they were going to be doing you know one movie a year, and obviously Episode Nine is going to be the last movie of the the main trilogy coming in 2019 but then that's the lead i mean we don't know what's coming in 2020 um and that might be a bit soon to be getting the first movie of ryan johnson's trilogy um but even if it is the first movie i like i think we'll be getting another star wars movie in 2020 and i think they probably will announce what that's going to be before celebration because if you think about it i mean celebration is going to be april of 2019 they'll be just about to go into production on whatever this movie is, and we won't even know, um, you know, officially what it is. So, I mean, I think That's true. we may get just a title or a, a brief announcement about what movie is coming next uh, between now and then, and then you know, kind officially. of a, a panel to blow the lid off of it. We so, we might. I, I'm not. I'm not predicting that we will. But you're saying, you know, what do we think? If any, like, if they announce anything between now and then, what'll it be? I think that would be probably the safest bet in my opinion just because i'm thinking april of 2019 seems a little late to announce a movie that's coming out in 2020 agreed yeah right before you said that i was pretty much dead set on no we're not going to get anything until celebration and maybe that might still be the case because maybe they are going to take 2020 off and after episode nine let it have a a year where (laughs) they could take a little breather and then start up the next phase of movie so that's i still think that's a possibility but if they're going to continue on a star wars movie every year and something is coming out in 2020 then i would agree that yeah they probably will officially announce what it's going to be and then at celebration is when we'll probably you know get to meet the director and the cast and all that stuff really get into it more so i would say that would be it only if something is coming in 2020 if not i think they're going to save everything for to announce that celebration just let kind of resistance do its thing for the fall and winter. And then we'll just have to wait a little bit. So we get to and then it's episode nine. Then we'll be talking about episode nine for a couple of months. And then they can announce what's next uh, at celebration. But again, that's only if they have nothing planned for 2020, because what? I agree that would be kind of weird to have something you would think be in production by the spring 2019 and it's filming, but nothing's been announced yet. <laughs> I think they would have to do that before. Do you so. think, do you think that the Favreau TV series gives them 2020 a little bit a a little bit of a stopgap? Like we, mm-hmm. they don't have to do anything because they're putting out a major production TV series. So you, you almost think that would take the place of a film for that year alone to see how that goes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, well, that, I can actually see well, that. I I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I mean, think about Marvel. They put out three movies this year and new seasons. I mean, I don't even really keep up with their Netflix series, but like you can do both. Um, now you I can, but it's different though, because star Wars is again, 
we've already seen Marvel has no signs of slowing down. Right. And I think the difference is with Star Wars, you just had a major problem with Solo and you haven't announced any films. Like you if you're going to make a 2020 movie, you're probably going to have to go in production within the next year, I would assume, right? So we're, yeah. if we're going to get an announcement, like you you brought up yourself, right, Kyle? Like they're <laughs> going to have to announce it like soon. So I'm not saying they're going to do that for here on out. I'm just saying I wonder if they're going to treat 2020 like, you know what? We don't have a we're not going to we'll take our time. Let's not force a film out if it's not ready because we have the TV series that will wet all Star Wars fans appetites for that year because it's the you know, it's it's a TV series. John Favreau, whatever the heck it's about. But this is what it is. I think that's what maybe they're thinking. Like they don't have to put a movie out because they're working really hard on this TV series. And Marvel's a different thing. Remember, Marvel, these Netflix shows are cheap, man. They're not expensive. <laughs> they literally like throw them. That's why they keep coming out like literally five times a year because they, 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 they cost peanuts for Netflix and Marvel to make them. Yeah, well, there's, there's, we don't know how much the Star Wars series is going to make. I, I mean, well, no I, I, I agree with you, and the one thing you said, you know, let's not force a movie out if it's not ready, and we'll at least have something to go in 2020. Um, so it all de- it all kind of depends on the status of where they're at behind the scenes, and we we don't know what they've got in production and what the status is on it. Because, yeah, if if they have the Netflix se- or the the series for the streaming service ready to go in 2020, and their movie plans just kind of aren't coming together, then sure, by all means, just release the series that year and at least you've got some big property coming out um but if you do have an an obi-wan movie or a boba fett movie or something ready to go in 2020 then there's no reason it has to be one or the other no i i see what you're saying but i just think that maybe that's why they're not rushing another film out like with solo because let's look at the let's look at history right now they were like, we're gonna put an, we're gonna put a movie out every year. Rogue One, like as soon as or as soon as uh, Harrison broke his leg or there was a problem with art, they were like, all right, Solo's no longer the next film. It's now gonna be Rogue One. Bam, put that in there. Wait, wait, Bo- wait, what? So, you no, know, if you read, if you read the, I forgot where I read it at, but ba- or no, it's it's in the art of book. In the art of book, the Solo film was supposed to be the first so, the first um, film. To the first uh, Star Wars story film, and then Larry really? Kasdan, yes, and then Larry Kasdan had to stop right working on it to write The Force Awakens, and when that happened, oh, they, gotcha. they then up uh, gotcha, gotcha. one, and then Boba Fett was supposed to be in that case, and then that fell through. Then Solo took that place. So you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? They've they have like they have went through the the I, this is not a great term but the meat market approach of like okay process line what's next okay that's not ready put in solo like, what's that for solo it's gonna be boba fett probably but then i bet there's been problems with because of the problems with rogue one with with garrett edwards and uh or garrett excuse me gareth edwards and with josh trank and then they go well, let's kind of wait out and, and obviously there's rumors of a of a obi-wan films so we know boba fett and obi-wan are in the, are in the works and then, but they haven't announced anything because they're like, uh, we don't know if it's gonna be a good idea or not. Uh, they're they're stalling, and I think be, at this point, I think the reason they're not like committed to like saying we're gonna put this movie out hell or high water is because they have the TV series. If they had nothing coming out 2020, meaning there was no TV series, there like the Favreau stuff was not there, then I think you'd see a Boba Fett or an Obi Wan film. Something would take that place, honestly. 
because I, I think they they got to keep Star Wars pumping the Star Wars brand out there and using it to make Disney money to make this billion dollar purchase make sense. So you know, just like the whole reason that Disney bought uh, Fox was so they can have content for their app. So the reason, they, uh, and then obviously it's all generated by money, but like in order to generate money off of Star Wars and have merchandise is to basically keep putting out Star Wars. And that's the whole point. So if, if they didn't have this TV series, then I think they would have forced a film down our throats, to be honest. I really do. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just what I see. Because they've already did it with Solo. Because Solo wasn't ready. They just said, all right, let's put out Solo. They just had a, they just had it the most in production. And that's why they threw it in there. And then the Boba Fett thing got shelved because of Josh Trank. So, I mean... I really do feel that that this whole thing with with the 2020, if they don't announce anything between now and celebration, then we probably know 2020 is going to be movieless, but it's not going to be contentless, especially legitimate content, since it'll be advertised as the first live action Star Wars series. So I think mm-hmm. there's legitimacy to that, and I think that's why they're probably not like we gotta put a movie out. We got because this Star Wars series is probably going to blow everyone's minds i'm just going to guess because it's a tv series it's john favreau he's writing it he's he's worked on it before they sailed disney for god's sakes this is a passion project so this is a big this is going to be a big deal so this is a marketing thing and not just marketing but a merchandising i'm assuming again assuming a merchandising monster so if we're assuming that it's going to be, then, then that takes a place for a film. You don't have to have the same problem that you have with The Last Jedi and with Solo. Because what did ha- what happened? You were still pushing uh, Last Jedi merchandise when Solo came out. And when you had all Solo merchandise, it kind of just there wasn't room for Solo merchandise. And it's like, okay, well, you know what you're well, saying? Well, I mean, that's because it was six months apart. And I think they should just stick with but doing still, the, the December releases. Right, but still, you still have... You, if well, think about the well, that's my, I think it proves my point even more than Kyle because think about it. If you have a TV show that you're putting out all this product for, and you have a movie come out the same year, that's a lot. So maybe this is like they want to give the, the 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 brand of the TV series some breathing room so they can really promote the, and get those characters and and that merchandise out there. I, again, I'm just spitballing, but that's what maybe they're thinking about. Like maybe we don't want to over. Um, oversaturate the market completely with this TV series. Like once this TV series has been established and you have seasons after it, you don't have to necessarily play by those same rules. But I imagine to get that brand off the, on the right foot, you want to really promote the heck out of it and say, Hey, here's the action figures. Here's this, here's that, here's the new shirts. You know, like think of T- the force awakens all over again. Like it's going to be probably a whole new thing. That's going to pump up everybody and get everyone, you know, running around again, assuming. So, that's what I think is what they're thinking. If you put out a, if you force a film again, if you're like the idea of let's put out one film a year, if you do that, you're just going to oversaturate and contradict your market a little bit. Again, I'm assuming maybe I'm totally wrong. Well, I think it makes sense to that whole reports about the standalone films being on hold, but it turns out, you know, we're just taking a step back. We're going to refocus and reevaluate things. And that could be something where maybe I could see them reevaluating where they do take 2020 off as far as a movie release goes get more time to make sure everything's right and set to have no production issues for whatever next standalone movie is going to be and yet they do kind of substitute that with the tv show so uh, i don't think you're too off base there with maybe the tv show being the focus of 2020 so i don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities just that you know 
everything's kind of up in the air right now with up to the aftermath of Solo, like we talked about in previous episodes, and just how they are refocusing. So it's going to be interesting to see what we do get and announce at Celebration or beforehand. So I think mm-hmm. it can kind of go either way right now when you look at it. You can can't you can't see them doing something for 2020 if maybe the Obi Wan production was as far as along as we heard, and after doing you know, some refocusing and reevaluating they decided to move ahead and continue with their production on that to make a 2020 release or i could see it going the other way where they want to take a deep breath hold it off a little bit come back to it a little later and then just have 2020 focus on something else and maybe that being the tv show so yeah i can kind of see it going both ways yeah well who knows as we say always in motion is the future um, <laughs> that's for sure but yeah i mean regardless like we said it should be a very interesting uh year ahead full of announcements and uh kind of seeing what's coming next after episode nine um in addition to the build-up to that so um should be cool uh with you know a lot of cool stuff along the way so um but let's move on to um actually recapping a little bit more news from uh, San Diego Comic-Con that we didn't get to on our last episode because we were just so focused on the Clone Wars. Um, and I think we've, we've recorded that last episode like the day of the Clone Wars announcement. And then yeah. um, some of this other stuff came out of Comic-Con over the next couple days after that. Um, and just a lot of announcements about uh, the books and stuff like that. Um, you know, some new books and comic comics and things that are coming out. I think kind of the two biggest takeaways from this, um, at least for me... Well, there's a few here. I mean, the the big one that I'll talk about that I'm probably most looking forward to out of all these is the uh, the novel Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Yeah. That <laughs> is going to be a new story about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon um, in a time period before The Phantom Menace. Um, and I don't know if they really talked about this at the panel or anything, um, but I would love to see this involve Satine as well. I think that would yes. be a really cool... Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of way to fill in, in that whole, uh, backstory there between Obi-Wan and Satine and like their first meeting. And, um, I mean, I think Obi-Wan even says in those episodes that he and Qui-Gon were on a mission together to Mandalore. So mm-hmm. man, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Satine and Mandalorians in a new book, like, yes, please. Yep. Pre episode that- one too. I mean, I'm always down for more stories before <laughs> episode one. I'd love to get that gap filled in a little little more and i totally agree with you kyle i mean a qui-gon obi-wan story is going to be cool enough and to get me excited but i couldn't help but think the same thing you did i'm sure other fans did as well about having that be the story of obi-wan and satine and their relationship and with claudia gray writing it she's kind of the perfect writer i think to handle that story after what she did with lost stars doing another telling another story there with the I'm blanking on their names right now, but <laughs> the two characters, you know, who were romantically interested in each other. And so she knows how to write those type of stories and really well, too, as we were kind of talking about before this, how uh, Lost Stars still remains one of my favorite books uh, from the new canon. So if it's to me, it just seems perfect for to tell that story with Obi-Wan and Satine and still have it be an Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon story, too. So I'm right with you that one right away got me the most excited for out of the new books and comics that were announced for a lot of reasons. So uh, that one's supposed to be out in pretty early of 2019, February 26th. So hopefully I'll have Thrawn Alliances done by then because I know I'm a slow reader. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm a slow reader too. Yeah, this is definitely here. the next novel I'm looking forward to though. But thankfully I have the Thrawn Alliances audiobook thing 
thank goodness. So I can, I, but I've been really lazy for going back to reading that. The Master and Apprentice book, I want you guys to make sure you do some, some prerequisite uh, reading here. Uh, you guys need to make sure you guys all read these from a certain point of view chapter of Obi-Wan Kenobi in that book. It's written by Claudia Gray, and I'll just say that Qui-Gon may or may not make an appearance. And it is authentic. It's probably the best chapter in that whole book. And I'm not sure if you guys have okay. read it or not. No, but it's, I have It's one of the ones I had to skip. It's it's literally... You skipped that one? Yeah, I can't get every book, and unfortunately that was one where I had to oh, put oh, off. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You skipped, like... Uh, I like the whole chapter. Oh yeah. The, oh, yeah. To be to be fair, to be honest, the book's actually not bad. There's a couple clunkers in there, like you know. But at the same time, it's actually like I really enjoyed it. Her chapter is phenomenal. It is by far one of the best, and it has Obi Wan in it. And I'll just say Qui Gon is involved somehow. And it is. Um, but anyway, but like yeah, I I just gotta like. Uh, I just got to say that it's it, it really makes me excited for what's going to happen in the in this in this next uh, book because it's so well written and so good and and Claudia Gray has written some of the better I think new canon novels yeah. Lost Stars um, you know Bloodline uh, it's those are solid you know I love Lost Stars I think it's great and Bloodline I think is really good. And I think this and her chapter again, her chapter in and from a certain point of view about Obi Wan is phenomenal. So this just pumps me up like nobody's business. So I highly, 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 um, but yeah, I highly recommend reading it. You guys need to read that immediately. Yeah, I'll have to put that on <laughs> something I'd have to catch up on because I wasn't aware that she wrote the Qui Gon and Obi Wan or an Obi Wan story, I should say, in that one. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for the reminder. And I. It was bugging me that I couldn't remember the two main characters in Lost Stars, Thane, Kyrell, and Sienna Reed. Those are the two characters. And they just came out with a manga version of that. I really want to check that out because hmm. I love the manga art style. I have all the original trilogy manga adaptions, which are great. So I kind of want to go back to read that story, but to get those mangas to it because, you know, seeing visuals is always a plus <laughs> when you're reading a story. So yeah, that's, that's something true. else to check out, too. Yeah, that's cool. But, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I think um, it just came out like a month ago, or just maybe just a few weeks. It's not too long ago that it came out. But so with the rest of this stuff, because um, they announced a whole bunch of stuff, we don't need to go through all of it. But with you guys being more into the novels and comics than I am, um, what other stuff in here kind of jumped out at you as stuff to look out for? Yeah, the other big one for me was that new line of Marvel comics that they're coming out called Star Wars, pretty much the age of <laughs> books. It's just cool how they're doing it. There's going to be, you know, a series. I think it's a yeah, 30 issue like maxi series. And it's going to go through pretty much the saga of Star Wars, telling different stories with each one beginning with the Republic. It's going to be called Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion and then Age of Resistance. And I'm trying to read here in the official description if you know how many issues are going to be with like each era, like how many are going to be the Republic, the Rebellion and Resistance. I don't know if it's going to be 10 each to make up the 30. But um, it's going to start with, of course, in the Republic era, but it's going to be one uh, with uh, Darth Maul, which is going to be out in December, I believe. Yeah. And then it's going to continue with Qui-Gon. And then actually it is both Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. We're going to be the first two issues. So just that idea of having, you know, a 30 issue series focusing on the different eras of Star Wars is really cool. 
And that's, so that's got me excited about it. And another writer who's involved with it too, Tom Taylor, I, I like his stuff. And so he's going to be doing the Age of Resistance one. So just the whole idea of it. And then, like I said, the writers being involved, it's one of the probably bigger comic series I'm excited about. Do you, so who is, what has Tom Taylor written before? And I'm not familiar with his name, Tim. He did the, the Injustice uh, tie-in comics, ah, the video game. Those okay. are really good. I haven't kept I've heard great things. Yeah. The first ones were really, really good. I've heard great things about it. Yeah, that, that comic series is interesting because Jody Hauser is writing, um, which one, is she writing the, the Empire one? Or uh, Republic. The, sorry, Republic, yeah. Oh, yeah, that that's an interesting um, idea. It's a maxi series, and it's so it's ten issues each, and or whatever. And that to me seems like it replaces the Poe Dameron comic, if you yeah, will. Probably. You know, because because Poe Dameron lasted till about what twenty five thirty issues, and this is going to be about thirty issues. So that's it's very interesting. Like you could tell. You can tell Lucasfilm is not exactly giving everyone like free reign on on stuff. It's like we could dabble in this a little bit. You can dabble in that. Like they're being very protective. As someone who's been collecting all the ancillary material, it's so centered and it's not gone like way back and it's not gone way forward. And it's just kind of like uh, we're gonna stick in the sweet spots. And I almost feel like until the episode nine comes out, they're not really gonna branch out. These- yeah of that timeline until the story's been told we know what happens and we can go from there but yeah there's there's some cool stuff of uh fortress vader there's the the new arc with charles soul which i know kyle you've been reading the darth vader comics you've been really into them right i still have only gotten the uh the first issue actually or the first trade volume or whatever you want to call it but Um, you liked it a lot oh i did like it a lot yeah it only gets better and so this the next arc in the storyline they they were kind of promoting was this um, at, Con- at Comic Con was the uh, Fortress Vader where, where somehow I'm not sure what happens but there's something happens on there. There's also Castle Vader where um, it's like scary stories kind of a thing that these these, re- these rebels are trapped on mm. Mustafar and they like the past the time they tell each other spooky stories and no I'm assuming kind- this one is like non-canon right? No, this one will be canon. It's everything is canon as far as we know. Even the I know, just I remember hearing about this. Yeah, the the tales from Vader's castle. I'm like, when were Kanan and Hera ever trapped in there? No, 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 no. They're telling stories. They're telling stories, and they're they're the characters in the stories. So like, so something. So they're telling a story that happened to Hera and Kanan. That's like spooky. The rebels are. These rebels are okay. These rebels are trapped. They're not Kanan and Hera. They're like Joe Schmo and Joe Schmo too. They're trapped on Musafar. So they're stuck and they're just kind of hanging out waiting to get saved. And the past of time, they're kind of telling each other spooky stories. Oh, so it's like and they're in Vader's castle telling yes. each other spooky stories that happen in other places. Yes. They're not exactly. all, all the spooky stories don't all happen in Vader's castle. Exactly. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. So there's, so, but so those things, two things are separate though. The Charles Soul Marvel comics, a totally different thing. Oh yeah, but, I know. Which, which by I think is some they invade Vader's castle. Which, that I, I mean, how good that series has been. I mean, I just cannot wait to see this. And then, yeah. and 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 Vader's castle, the spooky story thing, that looks cute. It's whatever. The IDW stuff has been harmless. It's been fun. I I've enjoyed picking them up and reading them. You know, but they're not like they're not essential reading by any means. Like Vader, for those who are kind of wondering, like what's essential reading in the new Star Wars canon? The Charles Soul Vader series, mm. Volume Two. Pick it up; you will not be disappointed. I even got Michael Cohen 
and you know reading Vader comics, and he liked it. He better keep liking it. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's um, I'm trying to think what else was uh, announced. Or the Padme novel, obviously. I'm not the world's biggest Padme fan. Um, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna you know or listen to the audiobook. Hopefully, listen to that. You give an opinion, but she her character is not. But I will say what the premise is is interesting. I will say that. I just think it's cool too that the prequel era is getting a lot of focus <laughs> lately. I mean, think of the Clone Wars coming back, but now even the publication stuff, the Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon novel, the Padme novel, and I probably should have just scrolled down a little bit more as we're talking about the Star Wars uh, Age of Comics because it has uh, more descriptions of the first few issues we're going to get in the Age of Republic series, and I didn't realize this until now, but all these issues are focused on characters I can't wait for. I mean, like I said, we're getting Qui-Gon and a Darth Maul comic, but then there's Obi-Wan and Jango Fett, that one. I mean, when I've been waiting for a new Jango Fett-type story in the new canon, and specifically in comic form for a while, because I love the open seasons story arc that he had. And like until, even though it's considered Legends, until we get a new story of how he got the armor and became a bounty hunter, that's still my origin story for him. So I don't know if this age of issue featuring Jango Fett's going to tell us more about his origin, but I just can't wait to read more of the characters. So I'm excited about that. Anakin's getting one, Dooku, Padme, and Grievous. So they're all going to be the first eight issues of that Age of Republic series. So prequel era is showing a lot of love here in the publications that are coming out uh, later this year and then in 2019, which, you know, is a welcome sight for me, especially since, you know, lately or since Disney purchased it, there's kind of been a thought, and I don't necessarily think it was true, but in some ways you can understand why Disney would want to move away, not just from the prequel era, but the OT era and just focus on the sequel trilogy that they're creating right now. But the fact we're kind of going back more to star Wars history in the different eras is just has me excited. So a lot of great stuff coming out, I think in these books and novels and comics that are focusing on the prequels and just in general too. So I think there's a lot, not only as we're excited about star Wars in 2019 with clone wars and obviously episode nine, but on the publication front, too, there's a lot of stuff to be excited about, which I don't think there's been this many, for me anyway, that I couldn't wait to read in a particular year when it comes to publications, including novels and comics. I think there's a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Um, and I'm going to probably keep relying on you guys for reviews and, you know, which yeah. ones should I pick up, especially when it comes to comics. I mean, mm -hmm. I really need to get back on the horse when it comes to novels because, I mean, I do enjoy reading those um just i'm a slow reader like you guys too and it takes me a while to get around to them and i'm busy you know playing battlefront and doing other stuff so um yeah i'm really trying with this Dawn alliances one i i started out really good like i read the first hundred pages within the first two days but now i haven't read it since so like i don't know what <laughs> want to let that fast pace i started off on go to waste so i gotta make good progress this weekend coming up you know i have i have to say like the novels i've been and maybe in Tim, maybe I'm being very biased here. So you're, I'm going to rely on you. Okay. A very, a very good friend to call me out, which you're not, I know you don't like calling people out, you know, but I'm giving you 100% permission to. Okay. Okay. But maybe I'm being biased here, but I kind of feel that the novels barring maybe a few are inconsequential compared to the comics. I feel like there's more happening mm. meta wise in the series than like, in the comic books than the, what happens in the books. Maybe that's just me, but that's the impression that I get is that bloodline is one that I feel is like a must read for new canon, you know, because it's a Leia book. Right. But like 
the Avengers of the Luke Skywalker book that came out, like that, you know, the heir to the Jedi, not very good. And also not really a big deal on Luke Skywalker. I feel he progresses way more in the comic books, Darth Vader comics for, you know, there's nothing, you know, Lords of the Sith was cool, but I feel the comic books have done more for his character and for and Emperor yeah. Palpatine way more than, than that book does. And they haven't put anything out since. So I kind of feel like the books aren't as like more art art is impactful on the canon. I mean, not saying they, they don't need mean less, but I kind of feel like they're just not as a, a you know, prominent. They're not as a essential reading. Is that, is that, am I wrong in your, in my opinion in this for, in your opinion? You know what? I never really thought about that till you brought it up, but I actually think you're 100% right on that. You do get more like, wow, or, oh, that's an awesome connection moment when you read the comics. I mean, just recently, like Darth Vader, there's t- in the new Darth Vader series, there's tons of stuff where that gets you like that. I mean, the first arc is him, you know, getting this like Sith lightsaber. I mean, how cool is that? And then, but even recently in the Star Wars comic, there's stuff with that had big connections to Rogue One and Jedha, Luke learning about Rogue One. This is really cool. And then, to me, I think the biggest thing has come from the comics early on when the new Star Wars title launched and the first Darth Vader series launched. I mean, there was this great crossover between these two issues it was like in the middle around issue five six or seven somewhere around there between star wars and darth vader but we got to find out the moment darth vader realized luke was his son and that's still my favorite moment out of all the stuff we got in the new comics it was just really powerful and it really you know the perfect way to vader had the perfect reaction to finding that out it tied into boba fett it was just you know great fan service but at the same time it was perfect for the story of the character of Darth Vader to learn that Luke was his son and you just understand his obsession why the time we get to the Empire so the Empire Strikes Back. So yeah, I 100% agree with you, Paul, that the comics do have more significant moments that tie into the grander scheme of the saga. And you said, too, a meadow way as well. And I think that's fair, too, when, you, when it's referencing more stuff from the films and the novels do so mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree so no need to call you out <laughs> well yeah and I, th- I think for people at least for us i and again i i have read most of the novels i haven't read a lot of the younger stuff that's come out and i've heard that's actually not bad i've read like into the wild space prologue a book and it was fun like it was cute i mean but there's not really any, anything substantially going to happen in those and and i heard that the the uh, Zierra leonis um the um the Zero the Onus thing is still like viable and it, it, the books that came out, I heard those were pretty good. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, you know, the books are just whatever. I, I if you, I, in my opinion, if you're looking to get into meaty story stuff, go dig into the comic books. I really think the main series has been pretty solid for the most part. There's a couple hits and misses. It's definitely picked up lately. Yeah. The screaming Citadel was, yeah. it started off <laughs> decent and then really ended on a, very bad note, but at the same time, there's really good stuff. And I really have to say, if you're looking to kind of, if you're on a budget and you only have limited things you could get, I can't scream enough about Darth Vader comics, the new Darth Vader series by Charles Soule and Giuseppe uh, Camicoli. Pick that up. It has been by far some of the best Star Wars comics I've ever read in my life. And I'm not, that's not hyperbole. I do not say that lightly. I say that with saying, it's amazing. But um, the other Darth Vader series isn't bad, but I'd get that first. Um, I would probably, you know, as far as the Star Wars main series, you could probably start at the beginning and just kind of go from there. I think 
it, it's pretty consistent, I think, for the most part. The Yoda arc is a little weird, but it's not terrible. It's interesting. Um, I'd say you can't really go far or go wrong with that either. So I say go there. The Lando comic um, by Charles Soule is yeah, also very good. And if you're, if you're, again, if 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 you're, if you just want to read them, and you have a either a tablet, go get Marvel Unlimited. I can't scream enough about Marvel Unlimited. It's a fantastic service. You know, it has it's up to like I think almost the first seven or eight issues of Darth Vader of the series I keep screaming about. So. And it's got everything after that you can read with like, all those Marvel comics you want to read. And it's only like, what, 10 bucks a month? I mean, you can cancel at any time. I mean, you have Marvel Unlimited. I use it all the time. So it's I'm a bad person to talk about. I love comics in general. But Tim, do you use Marvel Unlimited at all? Yeah, I have it, but I probably don't use it as much as I should. I mean, a lot of stuff I need to catch up on. But yeah, I have it. I totally agree how useful and convenient it is to do a catch up on all these comics. That's definitely worth the price, especially now. With the back catalog of Star Wars comics yeah. that's and built all, up since the new canon, yeah. and all the Legends comics are on there. Yeah, like everything from the Dark Horse era is on there at your disposal. So, uh, Kyle, you need to get on this, man. I know you're not like you're like I'm gonna read the physical stuff because I'm a physical, you know. No, no, this this get Marvel <laughs> Unlimited, and just you'll you'll you won't regret it. Get a tablet and use it. You'll love it. Trust now me. the tablet's the expensive part. Well, you have an iPhone, right? You've got <laughs> yeah. your iPhone. Yeah. Or your computer, whatever. See, I'm a full of great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I might look into that at some point. Um, I know I say that with everything, but I do at least want to keep going with that Vader series. Um, see, I'm kind of waiting for them to still with these comics kind of dig into like something other than just the stuff in between three and four and the OT and stuff like that. But um I don't know. I, I'll I'll get into into some more of that stuff too. It it sounds good from what you guys are describing. Um, but anyway, let's uh, keep going here. We just got a couple things to mention before we wrap up. Um, the first is that Star Wars Rebels season four is now on Blu-ray. Um, I have not had a chance to pick it up yet. Um, I know you guys got me the gift card to go and get it, so I will do that at some point soon. Um, actually, I'm staying in a different house right now, and I think that gift card's back at my apartment. But um, I'll, I'll pick that up. I'm excited to, you know, get to watch all those episodes again. Um, I mean, from, Tim, I know you especially have been kind of diving into this, and I've seen some of your tweets about, you know, rewatching episodes and stuff. So what do you guys think, uh, just kind of real quick, about, um, you know, what you've seen from it so far? Yeah, well, first off, like with the first three seasons, it looks amazing. <laughs> I mean, this is the best Star Wars Rebel is going to look. It looks incredible. But usually when I get them, and season four is no exception. I go straight to the special features, but this time it was straight to a world between worlds and the audio commentary for that. I mean, I just love that they're doing audio commentaries for these last two seasons and Dave Filoni's done more for this one than season three, I believe. So it, it was great just hearing him talk about going inside episode, the ideas he had for that episode and what things they didn't do, but in the end worked out better and just going into the force aspect of it. Really cool stuff. One little nitpick, and I say this all the time, even for the main Star Wars commentaries, how I wish it was just George Lucas. For a world between worlds, I understand why, but it wasn't just Dave Filoni, but I believe they have uh, one of the sound uh, designers or editors who worked on the episode, which I totally get. I mean, there's tons of great sound <laughs> that went into that one with all the different voiceovers that went into it. So I get it, but I just would have loved to have you know Dave Filoni just talk 
nonstop about that episode. <laughs> but for the rest of the commentaries, I believe it's just him. And the special features on it, again, they do a good job. They have a nice uh, recap of kind of the story arc for the entire series called Forces of the Rebellion, or actually Ghost of the Legend, which is not just a recap of the story, but it's Dave Filoni and the other creators and voice actors talking about their journey and their development of the series as it progressed from season one to four. But the best one is Force of Rebellion, which is just Dave Filoni going into, you know, the importance of the Force throughout, you know, not just the Star Wars saga, of course he touches on that, but how it specifically plays throughout the course of Rebels, kind of like the other special feature from season one to season four, you see how it's used and progressed throughout the entire series. And I I could listen to Dave Filoni talks about Star Wars and specifically the Force for hours on end. I mean, he just, he just gets Mm -hmm. it. I've said it before. I'll I'll say it again. Why not? (laughs) There's just no one else who understands Star Wars better than Dave Filoni other than George Lucas. And he just, it just shows how much he gets and just loves it. It's just so awesome to hear. I'll just never get tired of hearing him talk about it. So just more grid stuff on the special feature on that documentary. And then another one, which was kind of cool was Kevin Kiner and how his, uh, the work he did on the series and something I didn't know. He actually worked a lot with uh, one of his sons as a composer who composed a lot of big themes throughout the course of Rebels. So that was a new interesting fact I didn't know about. So yeah, just a lot of cool stuff on here. And I'm after I watched all the special features the one night, now I'm going back and rewatching the season from the beginning and just reminding me what a great season it was. And yeah, I'm only about four episodes into it, but I just know how good it gets and I can't wait to see those really big episodes look better than ever. On the Blu-ray, so yeah, it didn't disappoint as I knew it wouldn't. I haven't had a chance to dive into my Blu-ray yet. I've watched some of the special features. Um, I like, like, like Tim said, I really can't wait to dive into like you know the the series and see how good it looks on Blu-ray. One again, one of my things I regret was not being able to watch the last you know six episodes on a TV screen. So I'm in. I've been waiting for this Blu-ray, um, and I'm probably going to dive into it tomorrow. Um, after we, we, today's a Friday, so Saturday I'm going to probably work from home and and dive into some some Star Wars Rebels and really kind of you know devour that uh, those last part of the episodes that I missed on seeing on the big screen or my big screen, and so yeah I'm 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 super excited to watch it. The, the special features are really cool. Um, I just love hearing Dave Filoni talk about Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, well. he just gets it, man. <laughs> like I, you know, it is. I, you know, I've, I hate just being a dead horse here, but like, I would love for Dave Filoni to be in charge of Star Wars, not be a CEO of Lucasfilm, not in charge of business decisions. Get him in charge of Star Wars story decisions. This guy gets it, man. And it's just, and it's not just that he gets it. He, he's doing it in a way that he's, 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 it's literally what the sequel trilogy is talking about. He's, he's not literally George Lucas's son, but he's basically the heir mm-hmm. of George Lucas. And he's passing the he passed the baton to Dave Filoni, and Dave Filoni is taking it and adapting it the way he thinks he sees Star Wars and what he learned from George. That's what should be running Star Wars. And when I see him, these, you know, and again, Rebels is not wasn't my favorite thing, but there's so many things that gets right about it. And again, what I didn't like about Rebels was not because of Dave Filoni; it's because the audience it was kind of aimed at. You know, it was I just mm-hmm. wish it was a little bit more, you know, grown up, if you will. You know, but whatever. That that being said, I still love Rebels, and there's still a, amazing episodes. The last six episodes or four or five episodes of Rebels are incredible. So I just it's yeah. I, I don't know if I've said this before, but like I mean, obviously I like Clone Wars better than Rebels, but I think um, Twilight of the Apprentice I think is my favorite 
story from any Star Wars animation. Yeah. And it makes sense. And so that's the thing. Seeing the, the special features that I'm seeing, it just, yeah, it's, it's, I just, hearing him talk about Star Wars, I'm like, get this man. You know, like that scene in uh, Infinity War where uh, <laughs> yeah. Tala says, get that man a shield. <laughs> like, like Captain America. I, I want to say, get that man a Star Wars leadership job. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's the same way that get that man, a, you know, Star Wars, you know, whatever. And that's what I feel like saying. It's like, get that man the job now. It needs to happen now. Like, I respect the story group. I, I don't lose them, but he needs to be in charge of everything Star Wars, in, in my opinion. And I can't wait to watch these last episodes of Rebels on my on my TV. I can't wait. No, I think would be cool too. I mean, that's another special feature for when they eventually do the ultimate 4K nine episode box set. I mean, they'll probably won't happen, but I would love it. Dave Filoni has his own commentary track for each movie. <laughs> I would love to hear him talk about each episode oh, yeah. of Star Wars. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, probably won't do it because he wasn't actually the director of those, but, but hey, still, I mean, he'll have probably better insight than <laughs> like mm-hmm. I said, that Lucas that uh, we could get on those. So I would just love to hear his take on all that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then last but not least, speaking of Dave Filoni and animation, I mean, we still don't have really any official details about star Wars resistance. Um, I mean, we have a, a few details, but nothing that's been released recently. Um, but there was a, a leaked, uh, description going around, um, and I don't know how all this stuff gets around. I mean, this was from Jedi Bibliotech, and it was from like some German website that was then translated, and then the German site took it down and whatever. Um, but you know, I remember this happening with the Clone Wars too, and like with the Lost Missions. Remember when we were waiting to find out like what the episodes were going to be and yeah. when it was going to air on Netflix and stuff, and for some reason, like the first details we got was, uh, like a, a leaked German thing. Because um, yeah, it aired in Germany first, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then even like the German episodes were like leaked online and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, this was like some some German TV channel or something had a description of this um, and said that um, I think it's supposed to air October 13th. Um, that yeah, the series premiere is going to be October thirteenth as a two-parter. Uh, presumably, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But apparently, this is what they're saying. Um, and then the description for the premiere episode says: Resistance fighter Poe Dameron tasks young pilot Kazuda Kaz Ziono with spying on the First Order. At the time, little was known about the secretive organization and its strength. In order to fulfill his mission, Kaz travels to the space station Colossus, which is being used by many ships as a port to refuel and do repairs. However, there are also dangerous races taking place there, and after Kaz brags about his piloting skills when he arrives there, he is soon drawn into one of the races. So, I mean, this sounds kind of in line with uh, what little we do know about the show and just kind of the tone that they're going for and that the main character is kind of this young hotshot pilot and that there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, action involving like dogfighting and racing and ships and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, it doesn't sound like anything earth shattering as far as uh, series premieres go. You know, I don't think we're going to have a, you know, it's not going to be anything like on the level. of. Um, <sighs> That's the... what I feel. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. It's a, it sounds fun for an animated series. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm looking exciting. forward to seeing it. As this is nowhere near my excitement level for the Clone Wars coming back, but I mean, this sounds fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, 
I mean, it's, like you said, nothing that got me overly excited. In fact, I was a little disappointed to see a little description of the main character, uh, Kazuda, being, you know, bragging about it being those about his piloting skills. I was kind of hoping they'd move away from, you know, the cocky main character, kind of like what that we saw in Ezra. And even in the first like, few episodes, at least the movie for Ahsoka a little bit, it seems like character type for your main character is being played out in animation. I was kind of hoping for something a little different with this main character, but maybe it won't be to the extreme as Ezra was. But yeah, I mean, the episode description is kind of like you said, what we've been hearing about it. So it wasn't a huge surprise there, but I, I even think too, the date it has October 13th is going to be probably pretty accurate too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's rebels premiered in October and Clone Wars premiered in October. I remember. So yep. maybe it won't be the 13th, but sometime October, I think is going to be when we get to see resistance. And one other thing too, that I believe it was a tweet from Tracy Canobio from Lucasfilm, how she said it's, going to be a 3d cg show still with an anime anime style but huh. i could have sworn that in the first yeah. release it said it was 2d yeah that's what i read too so. i bet you it's gonna be that like cell shaded i think it's what they call like cell shaded animation or something like that where it's like 3d models with 2d textures over it and so it has the look of like a 2d animation with like 3d movement to it which I think is actually really cool. I'm yeah, I'm very excited to see how this looks because mm-hmm. we've only seen very brief glimpses so far. Um, Blurry pictures, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's going to look really cool. I'm so excited for this. It's going to be really <laughs> exciting. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see uh, this red cardinal character, who's probably the most exciting thing about this series, show up and do some, like, to shoot, like, at Kaz, like, 80 times and miss. Um, I'm, like, really excited about seeing that. I'm excited about seeing, like, just him flying around in a gold, like, looking X-Wing thing, being like, yeah, I'm a hot jet pilot. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Guys. You know what? Hey, you know what? Tim, would you... Would, Tim, would you expect any less from the guy that doesn't like Starfighter Assault? That is a very good point. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm being called out. Here's the thing. I want to be very real with you all. I'm going to give it a chance. But my expectations are so low, it can only be better than my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This does not interest me at all. But I'm going to buy it. And you know, When it comes out on Blu-ray for my Canon shelf, I'm going to watch it. It's Star Wars. But I'm just not i'll be honest if i don't like it i'm probably going to save to binge it at some point because there's not really going to be anything in it that's going to be substantial well like with, i don't know ahead, about so. that i it's, think yeah i'm hoping uh, that we get a lot of good information from this show and uh, you know spread out i don't think it's going to be really dense and exposition heavy but i think we'll get some good tidbits and details about just the state of the galaxy and the buildup to the force awakens and just sort of the beginning, the the sort of the origins of the conflict between the first order and the resistance that the movie kind of glosses over. And I would say too, if the first season doesn't really have a lot of that, don't write it off just yet because as these series goes on what we learn from Clone Wars and rebels, the longer it goes, the more I think in depth and meaningful it gets to the grander mm-hmm. scheme of the star Wars saga. So I wouldn't just write it off if season one doesn't deliver on that, but I totally agree. I mean, they've done it with Clone Wars and Rebels. I don't see why they would stop now with resistance to kind of having some big stuff to show us once in this era in particular. Because like you said, it's, you know, ripe for a bunch of stories to be told and fill in the gaps with the resistance in the first order. So Mm -hmm. you're right. The time period is ripe for the picking for stories, but not this one. 
Um, well, how do you know? Other aspects of it, though. That's well, exactly. We'll see. We'll exactly. See. But we'll, I mean, who we'll whoever would have thought that the Ghost Crew would have ended up crossing paths with? I, uh, I knew that Ahsoka knew. and Darth Maul and Mandalorians For the record, and all this I kind think of it stuff. It was all evident that they were going to do because it was not. This show seems to be even more aimed at young, younger audience, whereas Rebels was. You, you could go either way. I'm, it had, I'm just saying, don't knock it till you try it. I know it seems like I it's know, aimed at a younger audience, but we haven't even seen a trailer for this yet, I'm which be, is honestly surprising at this point. But I'm being a hater. I'm being legitimately a hater right now. I know. I, I, I don't want to, <laughs> but I'm just being real. And I just this. Which, just, for the record, I should be jumping all over you for because you, you, you jumped. Jumping you jumped. You jumped down my throat anytime I say anything that is not glowing praise about Solo, a Star Wars story. So I should be dishing <laughs> it right you back in your face. Glowing praise about it. That's why. Jeez. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. I like I said. You're right. I need to don't knock it till I try it. But like I said, my I just cannot get myself excited about this. So every time I see like something or I hear something or I see people excited about it. I'm like, I just cannot get pumped up for this. Well, but that's but, the thing. They haven't shown us anything worth getting excited over yet. I'm, I'm, I am cautiously. I don't even know if I would say cautiously optimistic. I, I know that. Well, I'm not super excited about it yet. I'm excited about the possibilities. Let's put it that way. Like, I haven't seen anything that makes me go, oh, man, this is going to be a really cool show. What makes me excited is that it's Star Wars. It's set in a time period with stuff that I want to know more stuff about. And it's being directed by Dave Filoni. And it's a new Star Wars animated series. I think it's going to be cool. But we haven't seen any of it yet. It's not being directed by Dave Filoni. Or not not directed, but he's involved in it. I think it's just just labeled as the creator of it. Exactly. So I think you probably just oversee yeah. most of the first season and then went over yeah. back to I mean, Clone we'll, Wars. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I mean, again, anything with his even stamp of approval on it, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I, I'll give the benefit of the doubt too. That's, I guess, that's a good way to put it. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt until I see something that makes me think otherwise. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Uh, the, again, that's pretty much all we have to go on for Resistance for now. But I would. I would be shocked if within by the time we record like our next one or two episodes, if we don't have a trailer or something to yeah, talk about. I think we got, I think um, we're gonna get one this month. Yeah, I oh thing. yeah, for sure. Um, so hopefully we'll get to talk more about it soon, and we'll see uh, if there really is stuff worth getting excited about here. Yeah, we'll um, see if Paul will be having a different opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, get him to change his tune. We'll see. Um, but in the meantime, um, I think we're just about ready to wrap up for this episode, but before we do, uh, Tim, why don't you go ahead and give us the, uh, listener responses and tweets and all that good stuff. Yeah. So as always, whenever we get big news announcement, I usually like to put a poll up for what everyone thinks in this case, it's going to be the episode nine casting announcement. So go ahead and get those results out first and then read some responses and replies. So, uh, the choices were the new cast members or, or I should say, the question was what aspect of episode of the episode nine casting announcement were you most excited for? And the choices were the new cast members, Billy D returning, Mark Hamill returning and Leia still being in episode nine. And to no surprise, and I'm actually surprised it even got some votes, but <laughs> coming to the last, that's like 6% were the new cast members. And then that third place was Billy D at 9%. And then, you know, the race I was looking to see who would come out on top as far as what people were most excited for. Leia still being it or Mark Hamill confirmed to be back. And Mark Hamill came in second at 37 percent and Leia came out on top at 48 percent is what 
people who follow us on Twitter are most excited about for the casting announcement in episode nine. But a couple of responses we got for it were, you know, maybe a choice I would have put if there was five options because uh, Neil at uh, Lori Neil and Ben Hauer at Ben Hauer 1138 on Twitter just responded saying all of it. And Ben actually sent the gif of Han Solo saying all of it, <laughs> which, <laughs> again, is, you know, a valuable option, too. So I probably would have gotten the most, I think, if I put that out there. But, yeah, everyone so far, the most exciting is definitely with Leia being it and Mark Hamill confirmed to be back. And then a couple of responses on the casting announcement on Twitter. First up, uh, Martin Elman at Dharmit Studio says, I was actually surprised that they announced Mark Hamill was returning and they didn't hold that information closer to the chest. I'm happy they didn't, though, because we all knew it was going to happen, but still surprised. Can't wait for this film. And then uh, Jeffrey Fishbach at Porgbach says, I'm still trying to figure out this how they will handle Leia. And then he just had the thinking emoji on there, which uh, hopefully with the different ideas and scenarios we said on this episode were some more stuff for you to think about or give you a better idea which the direction they may go. So, again, we'll still have to wait and see. And then Michael at Jedi OB Mike says, can't wait to see Lando and Leia. We knew Luke was coming back, but it's nice to have it confirmed. And then Paul J at JJ Farb 31 says, don't worry, Tim. I'm sure they are not adding Gwendolyn Christie to the cast announcement just to avoid spoilers. <laughs> but <laughs> how I wish that was so. <laughs> but I don't think it's happening. And then uh, Brian Bailey at Balls and Play responded to that uh, tweet from Paul saying, I think Gwendolyn Christie, along with DJ and Hayden Christensen, Force Ghost, will definitely uh, play a part of the mystery box of episode nine. I'm happy we will be getting more Leia in nine. Extremely- DJ? Yeah. Really? Not... <laughs> See, out of those three choices, I think the only one who'd be in the mystery box would be the Force Ghost Anakin. By yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think they'll announce that at all if he's in it. That's going to be let's, one of those uh-huh. big surprises. Let's just leave DJ somewhere else. Yeah, he had a fine exit in The Last Jedi. And... He really did. Yeah. <laughs> That's let's, all we need for him, at least in the yeah, movies. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> but then he said, extremely curious about what coverage uh, they do have to create. Uh, for Leia's performance. And then got a couple of questions in regards to the casting announcement too. Uh, first one from uh, Jesse the Bizzle at the Bizzle 81 from the Bizzle cast. He goes, I would love to know how you guys feel, not just about the announcement of using episode seven Carrie Fisher footage, but how you feel that compares with the original options, CGI recast or writing her out of screen. Thanks boys. And good luck. <laughs> well, kind of what yeah we were talking about when we were discussing that, I think the only two options I really wanted was either, you know, writing her out or doing what we're going to get the unseen footage. And I think it's definitely the better option than doing the CG or recasting because as good mm. as a job they probably could have done with CG, it still wouldn't feel right. You, then you would have to have someone do the voice too, which again would kind of be both a CG and a recast. So uh, definitely the best case scenario is what we're getting here, I think, with the unseen footage. Yeah, I would agree. I think. You know, just writing her out would be sort of the unfortunate but the safest bet. And then, um, I mean, as far as this option of using the footage, I mean, it really, as far as how good of an option it is, it depends on what footage they have. And obviously, we have no idea. Um, So we just got to trust that they're making the right call here and that they have enough to actually um, do something good with. But I, I definitely think those two options are better than... Um, you know, using CG or recasting. And I think they said right off the bat, too, that they weren't going to do that, or at least that they weren't going to do CGI. So, um, yeah, I think this is the right call. Yeah. 
And then another question we got uh, on Twitter from Max Simmons at uh, Trek to Amsterdam says, curious to know what characters Carrie Russell and Richard E. Grant will play. And assuming Phasma is gone with Christy not being announced. And so first off with that, we didn't really talk too much about the new cast members. I and mean, we talked about Carrie Russell a few episodes ago mm-hmm. and kind of what role we think she might play or what would be cool to see her play. But for uh, Richard E. Grant, um, though that actor, I one of those ones I haven't seen too much of. I just know he was uh, the main bad guy in Logan who kind of showed up in the middle of it, the scientist. Mm. Uh, so other than that, oh. I haven't seen too much of him. But, well, to be honest, I, I kind of we, something we did kind of t- didn't talk about either. We can save for a different show is, you know, are we going to get the Knights of Ren? Are these people involved in the Knights of Ren? You know, that's something that we mm-hmm. really haven't, you know, talked about. And I, well, we did talk about that with uh, Carrie Russell, yeah, on, but, like I a guess, couple but, episodes yeah. ago. But um, hopefully, but hopefully, maybe they're taking the place of Phasma, if you will, because. Mm-hmm. You know, do you need like these armored like you know people that are going to be hard to bring down like for Finn and for Poe and for Rose to take out probably or whoever these other Jedi people that Ray will be with? It will be interesting if the Knights of Ren are a, a part of that. So I, I hope I really do hope that like Carrie Russell's a knight a, a knight of Ren. I don't think she is, but it'd be really cool if she was. Mm-hmm. Like that. Well, at least if if one of those people are yeah. exactly yeah yeah. They have to be in this movie. They have to be, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We also thought they had to be in episode eight, but... Uh... Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, too, for, uh, to all three actors, yeah, Naomi Aki, Richard E. Grant, and Carrie Russell, I do hope most of them are bad guys, because if you think about it, with The Last Jedi, most of the new characters we got were on the good side with the Resistance. So I think for episode nine, it would kind of be cool to have you know the new actors on board for this movie be either with the First Order or, like, with the Knights of Ren, but be antagonists here. Like you said, we already got enough hero characters, and to see them go up against other characters, new ones introduced here, I think would be, you know, for probably for the best, in my opinion. So, mm. we'll see. Yeah, and, and we did goes, have two villains killed off in The Last Jedi. So. Exactly, yeah. And then he also asks uh, what new locations and planets we will get to see. And to be honest, it's kind of hard to speculate for new planets, but I'm right now hoping that we go to some classic planets. I'm really hoping Mustafar <laughs> makes an appearance. Oh, that would be cool. It might be wishful thinking, but I could just see it totally working for either that or I also think Tatooine would be kind of fitting to go back there for the final movies of Skywalker Saga. I think Tatooine should play a role in it somehow. So not sure on new planets, but those are some of the classic ones I'd like to see return for episode nine. Well, I will, echo you on, I, I will echo you on Mustafar. I mean, I hadn't really considered it much. I don't think they'll go to Tatooine in this new trilogy just because it's too similar to Jakku. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mustafar would be cool. I, I haven't really thought about it all that much, to be honest. Um, you know, there, there's so many options with what they could go with. I'm sure we'll see some new planets that we've never seen before. Um, shoot, have somebody go for a swim on Camino. That'd be fun. Oh, man. <laughs> that's like biggest wish fulfillment for me. But no, that's no shot. Of, you know, <laughs> episode. Far, I think there's a chance, but Camino, nah. <laughs> but I will think, say, too, as far as a new planet go, I think a new water planet that we really, you know, feel the atmosphere and the environment of a water planet because for Naboo mm. we got the underwater sequence it was real short Camino we just kind of got the exterior of it and like the buildings we never got to explore the planet I think we really got to explore kind of like 
really cool underwater planet for a good portion of the movie. Because I go back to the art book of The Force Awakens where Jakku originally was going to be more of a water-based planet with wrecked ships underwater. T- to me, that sounded awesome. And so if we got kind of something like that, I think it would be cool. But yeah, we'll see. I, I do think, or at least I like to think, J.J. kind of would go a little more out of the box than he did for The Force Awakens with just doing, you know, Jakku to the Desert, Star Let's Killer go to Moraband. Oh, mm. man. Ah, <laughs> mm. mm. uh, yeah. See, mm. I would have... And go back to all. calling it Korriban. <laughs> well, I like Korriban better because I feel like it's like it's almost a playoff of Mordor. That's like uh, trying to be like, let's do something different. Uh, more Mordor. Moraban! <laughs> so, I mean, like something like that. So, personally... Yeah, I was just going to say, too, I wouldn't mind if there are no new planets. They just bring in planets we either know or know of, but see in live action for the first time, like more mm-hmm. of that. I mean, I'd be totally down with that. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime we get to see locations or characters or anything from, you know, Clone Wars or any of the animated stuff is super cool. Yep. And then Max, last question is, how have the resistance recruiting efforts been with the time jump forward? So I guess depending on how long... It's going to be, I am curious to see how big the resistance is going to be with, you know, who they got to join them and those who didn't show up to the call in The Last Jedi. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Part of me thinks it would be cool to see like one big battle with if the resistance does gain in numbers and have them go against the First Order. But then I think it kind of could be cool to have that small group really prevail and just have like the main characters focus on their conflicts with the protagonists that we were talking about earlier. So I'm not sure. And I, we were talking about when Billy D was rumored to be cast too. If he's going to play a role in like being someone who's come to help with with the resistance, and I think that's still a possibility. But mm-hmm. I think they'd have to do a lot of explanation why he wasn't around before and why he didn't answer the call, the distress signal in the Last Jedi. So that makes me think Lando might not be super involved with the resistance prior to this. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see just how big it will be by the time it gets episode nine. When you say the resistance, don't you mean the rebellion's been reborn? <laughs> that is a very good point. That's true. I'm rolling my eyes right now. Insert eye rolls emoji. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'll be. Rebels. I think it'll be pretty sizable though. Like, I, definitely not equal to or better than or bigger than the first orders force because um i mean star wars has always been an underdog story especially in the original trilogy with the rebellion versus the empire which is clearly what they're trying to emulate with the new trilogy um but i think they're gonna be a heck of a lot bigger than they were at the end of the last jedi which is not saying much because you could have 50 dudes and 10 ships and you'd be a heck of a lot bigger than you were at the end of the last jedi but um yeah, I, I, I want to see, you know, enough fighters and, uh, you know, pilots and ships and soldiers and everything for them to have, like, a big climactic battle against the First Order. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably what we'll get <laughs> when it's all said and done. And, yeah, so that's it for uh, the Twitter responses. But then we also got a comment on the, the article we posted on our website from Paul Gann about uh, the announcement of the cast. He just says, super excited. I have a feeling that we are still in for a few surprises. I hope this next episode feels like something new and like coming home all at the same time. Yeah, I think that's the hope for all of us here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just think that is going to be the goal here. The, that is going to be the end of the Skywalker saga. I'd like to think that is the goal that they have in mind when making this. Doing something new, but bringing it all home and making it feel like a really nice conclusion to the Skywalker saga. So 
let's hope they pull it off. And I right now have confidence that they will. Yeah, same here. And then on Facebook, got a couple of responses. First from uh, Joey Letson. He just says, great news and surprising news in regarding to the cast and uh, what they're going to do with Carrie Fisher. And then Jason Morgan says, glad to see Mark has a role to play. And I'm sure like everyone else, I'm overjoyed that they have found a way to bring Carrie in for the last movie to close out the Skywalker saga now that she is truly one with the Force. And then Rich Brockwell uh, sent us a question on Facebook saying, J.J. Abrams left a lot of questions at the end of The Force Awakens. Ryan Johnson chose to subvert a lot of those questions with some answers fans didn't like, or uh, my question, or it says answers that fans didn't like. And my question is, do you guys think J.J. will try and subvert some of those questions left by The Last Jedi or retcon some of the answers given by the movie? And if so, which things will he change? Hmm, Right (sighs) off the bat for me, I'm going to say no, I'm not expecting like going into it expecting any major retcon changes like ray's parents were actually somebody or she is related to somebody i'm not going to get my hopes up for that if anything like you've been saying paul that's going to happen it's going to be she takes on the skywalker name that's the only thing i could see happening but her parents i think are still going to be nobody so yeah i don't think jj's really going to do a lot of retconning or anything like that or changing things because he said in the past and I think he's he really liked what Ryan Johnson did and mm-hmm. just would probably want to continue that and, of course, do his own thing. And so, yeah, maybe he will do little things, but I'm not expecting anything major. Yeah, same here. Like, I'm not sure th- how much he can do. I'm definitely not expecting a straight-up retcon of anything because The Last Jedi is still canon and still will be canon. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean... <sighs> Even if he, let's say J.J. Abrams, like, really had this great idea in mind for a reveal that Rey was a Solo or a Skywalker or something, um, there's only so much you can do to insert that into the story without either, you know, sort of cheapening The Last Jedi or just making it confusing and making it feel like a retcon rather than, like, a sort of natural progression of the story, Um so yeah, I don't I don't really think there'll be a whole lot of that, but it de- kind of depends on what JJ's original plan was for all this if he had one. Um I mean when he set up those questions in The Force Awakens, like if he had maybe specific things that he was aiming for, um I don't know if there's anything that he can maybe kind of steer back towards a little bit without, you know, again doing a complete 180 on what Ryan Johnson did, but mm-hmm. um like you said Tim, I mean even like I remember right after the force awakens came out reading an interview where jj said he had just you know read ryan johnson's script for the force away or for the last jedi and he loved it and you know wished that he was coming back to direct it because he wanted to make that movie um off of that script once he read it so um you know i i don't think i mean unless it's something where disney was like hey the fans are angry you need to fix this but i don't think they're gonna do that um, cause they made a lot of money off of it. And obviously, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and everybody was very supportive of, of what Ryan Johnson was doing too. So, um, yeah, I think JJ is going to kind of pick it up from there and, uh, just kind of carry it forward and do what he thinks is best. Um, kind of continuing on from those decisions as opposed to trying to change them or rewrite them. Yeah. I hope he recons the whole damn movie. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> one of those now, Paul. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> I know, I've seen stuff like, you know, oh, he could bring Luke back to life or something like that. Like, no, like, you can't go in thinking like that. I mean, that's talking about setting yourself yeah, up. Yeah, he's not Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, just 
my expectations going into it is just accept what happened in the last Jedi and just move forward for what JJ's going to tell us in episode nine. Mm-hmm. So that's it for the episode nine responses. But we did get a couple of more responses about Clone Wars coming back and some of the stories about some of our listeners and how they got into the series. I wanted to go ahead and share again. So uh, first off, we got a comment on Facebook um, from Mike LG. Um, he goes, mate, yes, I am Australian. I'm stoked, which means excited. I have only seen a few episodes, but since the Rebel story arcs uh, linked this era to the original trilogy and the passion and excitement that you guys both have on the podcast makes me excited and I can't wait. So, yeah, glad that we could play a little part and you get excited for Clone Wars, Mike. I think if you go back and watch some of the episodes, you're not going to be disappointed and just be more excited to get uh, season seven once it comes out. Yeah, definitely. I will hype up some Clone Wars any day. And so, you know, if anybody out there hasn't checked it out yet and, and, you know, you're listening to us and how excited we get about it, please check that show out because it is so worth it. Yes. And then Anthony at Tony Figs on Twitter says, uh, in response to our last episode, he said, this was a great show, guys. Loved it. I had a similar experience with my love for the Clone Wars. Never big on the prequels, but if it was not for them, we never would have gotten the show. And it made me appreciate the prequels in a different way, a good way. And then another uh, message from Rich Brockwell on Facebook. He says, uh, great show last time out, guys. I'm so pumped for the return of Clone Wars. Hearing your guys' stories of getting into the show was great. I personally found Clone Wars at uh, Star Wars Weekends in 2008. We saw 20 minutes of what would be the theatrical release movie, and they then had an unknown bunch of folks from Lucasfilm join Warwick Davis on stage, those being Joel Aaron, Dave Filoni, and Henry Gilroy. Hmm. It was a great show. After going to the theatrical release, I was less pleased with what I saw and never bothered keeping up with the show. My mom asked me to buy the Blu-rays every, or used to buy me the Blu-rays every year for my birthday. It wasn't till late 2012 that I read an IGN article talking about the correct order to watch the show. So having the disc, I decided to embark on the adventure of awesome Star Wars watching the show in chronological order with the movie in there made it awesome. And about halfway through season three, the show became as good as any Star Wars I'd seen. It's truly an awesome show, and I'm so happy it's coming back. Sorry for the lengthy message, but quite all right, Rich. It, first off, thanks, you guys, for the nice comments on our last episode. I mean, obviously, we had a blast talking about Clone Wars and mm-hmm. our history with it. But I just think it's cool, too, that a lot of fans have their own unique story about getting into the Clone Wars, whether it's seeing the movie for the first time and keeping up with it like I did, or in the case of you paul kind of waiting for the blu-rays and binging it and then with the case with rich and anthony here not you know loving the prequels but then it made him love it appreciate him more in a good way as anthony says and then rich not being too thrilled with the movie but once you see more of this show you just see how special it really is so there's just never a wrong way to get into clone wars as long as you watch it and if you enjoy it man you're just like everyone says, in for some amazing Star Wars stories. So I just think it's cool that there's just so many different ways <laughs> and stories that a lot of fans have for getting into the Clone Wars. And there's really no right or wrong way to experience it as long as you get to experience the amazing show that is it, that it is. I just think it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, thanks to all you guys for, for chiming in there. 
um, both on the last episode and on this one, um, talking about, you know, Clone Wars in episode nine and all this super exciting, awesome stuff that's going on right now. It's just so cool to be able to share this with you guys and get your take on it too. Um, so, you know, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, and as always, you can continue to interact with us online. Uh, we're on social media on Twitter at Star Wars TSC and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars. The saga continues. Um, you can also send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com, and you can check out our website at starwarstsc.com uh, for all the latest uh, stories and news articles and stuff that we're posting on there. Um, so yeah, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, you know, it's been a great, uh, time talking about all this and getting geared up for, uh, episode nine and we're, uh, you know, back on the road towards the next and final chapter of the Skywalker saga. So that's, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Later.